Alright. Welcome everyone to Daddies and Divas, the Heroes of Gatewitch. Uh we are a all LGBTQIA plus uh Dungeons and Dragons game here on Twitch. Uh uh captained by our, our very own uh, Curry Kalel on his channel here. Um uh, I'm gonna go ahead and throw it over to Curry for a few announcements before uh, I do a recap of our last two episodes for you guys. Yeah, so only announcements that we have right now are, again, we have a YouTube. If you do exclamation point YouTube in chat, you'll see it pop up. Um, first two episodes are on there. Um, and then once this is done, we'll put that on there as well. And we are working on making it a podcast so that people can listen to it and have to stare at our faces. Because what? I don't yeah. know. I guess people listen to things like this when they're driving or so something. Like, I don't know. Commuting? Do people do that know. still? I want to listen to us when we're working out or something. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, but yeah, so working on podcasts, YouTube's up. And uh, is there any other info? I think that's it. I think we're kind of good right now. Yeah. Perfect. So, for those of you who are just tuning in for the very first time, if you have not watched our first two episodes, uh, we are Daddies and Divas, the heroes of Gatewitch. Our story began in the port city of Yarmouth, where our heroes here uh, were commissioned to uh, investigate a series of kidnappings and disappearances that had begun happening in the port city. As they uh, looked into the matter, uh, they found a group of pirates and brigands known as the Clenched Jaws, um, who were seeming to work for both the corrupt mayor of Yarmouth and a mysterious figure known as H.C. Upon investigating the corrupt mayor and finding him turned into a horrifying glutton demon, uh, they then found evidence that led them to a Dr. Herman Carter, uh, presumably working with uh, troglodytes, these horrifying lizard man monsters. Um, and after they felled those creatures um, and uh, discovered that the young woman uh, that they had rescued uh, from uh, this kidnapping ring turned out to actually be a fake clay golem. They set off in search for her actual whereabouts and found her and a trio of harpies stationed outside of Dr. Herman Carter's uh, lair um, in hopes to try to rescue the remaining prisoners inside. Having sent, uh, uh, sent the the harpies and the rescuers off toward off to go find the prisoners. Our group managed to make their way very carefully, avoiding every single trap that I placed for them through the lair uh, to where they found the doctor's laboratory. Uh, as they entered and began investigating, a very, very, very tall, imposing figure with large amounts of metal plating wrapped around uh, their hands and atop their head with electricity arcing along it and all of the various cabling through the center of this chamber. Uh, he began slapping a very, very large blunt object in his hand with many spikes and electricity arcing off of it as he began cackling into the chamber around them. You all find yourselves in a room 30 foot in radius, so 60 foot wide around in a circle. There is large quantities of debris stationed in small little sets with a metal suspended table in the middle of it. You can see a ruined observation deck 
far above that he had jumped down onto from. Um, and you can see various amounts of uh, discarded shipping platforms um, along the sides of the walls and uh, in between uh, some of these small subsets of debris. At this time, I am going to go ahead and ask everybody to roll for initiative as we go. <gasps> for those of you watching, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, whenever you enter into a combat scenario, uh, you are going to roll for initiative. What that means is you're going to go ahead and roll uh, one of your 20-sided dice, and you're going to add your initiative bonus. It's usually your dexterity modifier, which determines how quick and fast to action you are, but sometimes you can get some bonuses on top of that based on your different character abilities. Uh, so for initiative order, Clark, what did you get? 15. Ace? Six. Oh, Lucius? That's a face. Okay, yeah, that was a face. Kill cannon. Six. Zenta? 20. <gasps> About and time. Two as well. Wow. Oh, we got, we got two Y'all. duplicates. Oh, yep, I did. Like a synchronized brain. <laughs> After you, Zenta. So, Zenta. You are up first. You helped lead the charge in, so uh, the rest of your companions have filed in behind you. Uh, and he has dropped down from the observation deck, and he is staring you right in the face. He's uh, kind of right in front of that suspended metal table there in the center. What would you like to do? Oh. Cry. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I know that this isn't going to be easy, oh boy. Um, I'm going to go ahead and rage, of course. Okay. So you use your bonus action to rage as a barbarian. And then what would you like to do for your action for the turn? I'm going to throw a javelin. Okay, I, I would say you are in, uh, you are in melee range with him. Uh, so you would be able to uh, attack with your great axe if you preferred. Nope, I'm gonna poke him. Okay, you're gonna poke him with the javelin? <laughs> okay, uh, so go ahead and roll me an attack roll with your javelin. That's what, D... Uh, so you're gonna roll the, the D20, and then uh, you're gonna add whatever the, the javelin has there. Okay. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> an eight. <laughs> Total? Mm-hmm. With your bonuses, um, he easily sees you uh, go in for the stab, um, and in one fell swoop, uh, takes his very, very large, uh, very mechanical-looking, uh, like mace-like weapon, um, and slaps it away. And you can almost hear some splintering in the wood of the javelin. It doesn't seem like it fully broke, but it, it definitely seems like he was easily able to bat it away. And would you like to stay right there, or do you want to back up any? I'll stay. Okay, perfect. Next up is his turn. Oh. Uh, and you see him, uh, as he bats it away, you hear him kind of cackle very loudly uh, in this very creepy, high-pitched voice. And his large left hand actually comes down and is going to try to wrap around your throat. Does a 13 hit your armor class? No. 
<laughs> so just uh, just as he's able to grab onto it, you manage to swing that javelin back and knock his hand away from you. And you can watch right as it did. You could watch crinkles of electricity and lightning start to like surge over across his hand. And right as he goes to grab onto you, you see this burst of electrical energy around his fist um, that would have gone straight for your throat. Uh, but you, uh, but he, he does manage to stop you. And as he does, he's actually going to try to attempt to back away from you and get to the other side of the table. So if you would like, you can use your reaction to make one melee strike against him. Uh, yeah. you're currently wielding the javelin, so it would be with that. Yep. Okay. Um, that's what, again with the 20? Yes. That's going to be, uh, roll the d20 and add whatever, uh, modifiers you get to add for your javelin. 21. 21, that's absolutely going to hit him. Uh, so go ahead and roll for some damage. And uh, whatever you roll, uh, you're gonna get to add your modifier onto that. But do keep in mind that since you are raging, you're also gonna get to add two more to that result. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so a d6. Mm -hmm. And then what, what all am I adding to it? <laughs> um, on your character sheet, it should say, uh, whenever you are attacking with a javelin, it should say d6, 1d6 plus something. Plus three, okay. Right. Okay, so plus three, and then you're gonna get to add two more onto that because you're raging. So you hit harder when you are raging. What, two additional three? Damage. Three? No, no, just two additional roll damage. Two more. So you'll roll 1d6 plus three plus two. Plus three plus two. Okay, all right, well, math, math. Lots math. of math in D&D, &D, everybody. Nine. <laughs> Nine total damage, absolutely. Um, so you, as, as he, um, uh, kind of like goes to back away. You stab him really hard into his clavicle. Um, and even as he kind of like pulls away from it, that odd high pitched cackle is just echoing through the chamber. Um, and he's going to get to the other side of the table and that's going to bring us to Clark. Hi. It me. Hi. Um, so in relation to where he is now, where am I? Am I a little further back? I was you're a little further back the uh, with, the, with the table in in front. Uh, you're going to be probably about 15 to 20 feet away from him. Okay. Um, I'm going to, and he's taken damage now. Yeah. Yes, he has. So I'm going to use it to my advantage and use Toll the Dead. Toll the Dead. Perfect. Uh, so he's going to have to make a saving throw. What type of saving throw was that? Uh. I don't see it's it. Um, maybe? Mm, I think. Oh, wisdom saving throw. Yeah. Wisdom saving throw? Okay, perfect. Uh, ooh, he rolled a 15 plus 2, so that's 17. Ooh. Okay, well. But so believe he saves. Yeah. Um, so as, as this dolorous bell sound uh, echoes through the chamber, um, he continues to cackle louder and louder and louder, and it almost continues to overpower that sound of that dolorous bell that sounds around him. Okay. And then I'm going to get as further away from possible from him, just a little bit further back. Um, okay, so you're going to back up about... Uh, 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 10 feet back to the, the doorway, uh, yeah. the entrance of the room. Okay. Yeah, just distance. <laughs> Perfect. Of course. Uh, so that is going to bring, after 50, that's going to bring us to uh, both Aesk and Kill Cannon, who may take their turns as they wish. Uh, so we, do we decide who goes first, or are we going to the same You time? can go first, Aesk. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, how far away am I from the boy? Uh, so you all were grouped up right behind uh, Zenta, so you are about 20 feet away from him. Okay. Uh, so can I, like, move into attacking range and then hit him with my quarterstaff two-handed? Of course. Uh, you can either uh, move around the, to the other side of the table with him, or you can jump up onto the table that is suspended in the air if you wish. Oh, I will absolutely jump up onto the table. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for offering. So Ace uh, swoops into the air and immediately drops down onto the suspended uh, uh, the suspended uh, op uh, operating table uh, with his quarterstaff in hand. Go ahead and roll me a, uh, a an attack roll with your quarterstaff. And you said this was a two-handed attack with your quarterstaff? Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, I got 18. 18 total. That is definitely going to hit. So go ahead and roll some damage for that. And since you're using your quarterstaff two-handed, I believe it's upgraded slightly. So does that go to... Is that a D8 plus three, then? Yes, as opposed to a D6, I believe. Okay. Uh, I got eight. Eight total? In total, or, yeah. So you, uh, you slam down, and it cracks against his skull. And you watch him just kind of, like, turn his head back, and that cackling continues as he uh, just stares at you not funny. Tell him that. <laughs> Is there anything else that you wish to do, Ace? Um, uh, so my, my bonus action, is that only like I'm able to do that now, or was I only in certain, certain places? Uh, you can still do it. Uh, your bonus action as a monk is as long as you attack with a monk weapon or an unarmed strike, you can use your bonus action to punch somebody. Okay, can I do that then? Yeah, go for it. Okay, I'll do that. So that's a default. Uh, well, you still have to make the attack roll. So go oh, ahead yeah, and roll the D20 and add your modifier <laughs> there. Okay, uh, do uh, 16. 16? Yeah. That just hits. Okay. Uh, so you are going to be able to deal some damage. Uh, that is 6. Totally. Six points of damage. Um, are you are you going to punch him, or as a Aarakocra, you can slash with your claws? Oh, I'm going to slash. Slash, perfect. Uh, so you slam across his face with your quarterstaff, uh, and he looks up, and right as he does, you kind of slash up across his uh, chin, and you can see, like, bits of leathery flesh just kind of, like, dig away from him. Yum. Brain. Yeah. Uh, that is going to bring us over to Kill Cannon. Did you say he was cornered into uh, in the corner of the room, or is he somewhat in front of the room? Um, he's about in the the middle. He's currently flanked on either side, one by the operating table and Ace, and the other by some of that debris behind him. I'd like to cast uh, Minor Illusion, where I create a loud bang behind him, right right behind his head. Perfect. Um, go ahead and roll me either a performance or deception check. Uh, 15. 15? Perfect. Uh, so that loud bang goes off, and you actually watch as, um, as when it does, you watch his head kind of like swivel and swerve a bit, almost like he's really disoriented, um, and you see his head start to turn behind him uh, to look at what's going on. Uh, you do still have uh, movement and a bonus action, if you would like. I'll stay... Uh... I'll stay in the back, just kind of observing. Okay, perfect, perfect. Um, that is going to go ahead and bring us to uh, Lucius and Salmagundi. 
Uh, you two may decide uh, who would like to go first. No, you. No, no, I, I insist. No, you. Okay, all right. Um, so, I am a little scared of this guy. He don't seem natural. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't seem natural. Um, that don't seem so, right. That's not right. There's something about him. That's nasty. There's, there's something about that boy. Um, he ain't right. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna... Paint me a word picture. Um, when I look at this individual, does he look swole? <laughs> does he look like he could lift me up and throw me across the room? <laughs> very, very much so. He is an incredibly like stocky frame, very tall, very imposing. Um, probably like right on par or maybe an inch or two um, ab above Zenta. Um, with it, to be fair, he does have, uh, you can see some like metal attachments, um, and banding that are actually kind of almost drilled into the top of his head, uh, that okay. carries slight bits of electrical current with it. Um, I will, I'm gonna try it again. I'm gonna fairy fire him. So I'm gonna reach up. You'll see me grab my necklace, um, pull it out and I'll reach my hands and have like this puff of, of like spore and light come out. Wonderful. And uh, what type of saving throw is that? That is a dexterity. Perfect. He rolled a natural 20. Oh, One day. Very sorry. Um, <laughs> all right. I will then move along the side of the room, um, along the wall. Perfect. Uh, and I will come along the right side. Okay, perfect. So you're going to round the right side of the room. Um, okay. As you round through there, uh, you can see there's like stations of debris and mechanical equipment um, every five feet or so, like almost in a, a small circle around the room uh, with spaces in between to kind of like maneuver and uh, get in and out from that inner circle that he, Zenta, and Ace are currently in. Hmm. If that's the case, and I, and I see this walking over there, um, how far away are they from the debris? Uh, they are uh, probably about 10 feet away from the, the debris circles. If that's the case, I'm going to try and stay outside of the debris circle, but okay. in such a way that I can kind of see them, but I'm like... Gotcha, gotcha. Perfect. Uh, so, Salmagundi, that's going to bring us to you. Uh, describe to me again uh, the, his placement. So you have uh, Zinta directly in front of you. Uh, mm -hmm. Then there is uh, a little bit of room and then the observation table that uh, Ace is currently standing on. Uh, and then uh, the doctor is directly behind Ace. Uh, so he is uh, about 15 feet away from you. Okay. I'd like to... Sacred Flame. Cast a Sacred Flame spell. 
Perfect. Um, so what type of uh, saving throw does he have to make for that? Is that a dexterity 13? Dexterity 13. Perfect. Uh, he rolled a, a 7, so even with his bonus, that's not going to be enough. So that is going to deal, I believe, a 1d8 radiant damage to him. Yes. Mm. Perfect. So go ahead and roll uh, the d8. That's going to be the, uh, the small diamondy looking one. D8. All right. Mm -hmm. And I got a seven. Seven. Perfect. Uh, so that is going to... Uh, you watch as um, this room is lit, but by very odd means. You see uh, sparks of electricity coiling up these uh, chains that suspend things. Um, there's faint bits of bubbling glow from all around the room. Um, and uh, bits of like slight mechanical whirring from some of these devices. Um, but you watch as the most brilliant light uh, that has lit this room erupts right along his uh, back. And uh, those of you that are right near him, Zinta and Ace, you can actually watch as the, the holy light actually kind of like burns away parts of uh, his flesh and leaves him with kind of like a scar along the left side. Uh, Sal, do you wish to uh, move it all, or are you going to stay kind of like back uh, near uh, Kilcannon and Clark? I'm going to uh, go ahead and stay back. Perfect. Uh, so that is going to bring us uh, back up to Zinta. All right, I'm pulling out the battle axe. Yes, get him. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go ahead and attack. Let's see if that's going to hit. Um, 15? 15, uh, that just misses. You watch as it looks like the ax is going to slam into uh, his back, but right as it does, you actually watch some of that electricity that is surrounding him kind of surge in place where the blade would hit, and it actually bounces it off of him. Oh. Rude. <laughs> Rude. Do you want to go ahead and uh, hold your position there next to Aesk? Yes. Okay. Uh, so it's going to turn to him, um, and hearing the loud bang from the other side of uh, the debris, you actually watch him uh, turn his back completely to you all. He lifts up that uh, uh, like very mechanically wired up mace that he has, um, and you watch electrical sparks start to surge up his arm uh, from the mace, and he holds out his hand, and this surge of electricity bursts right uh, to the debris um, uh, through where it is, but away from where you all were, um, as if he's kind of like searching for whatever is hiding back behind there. Um, and uh, you see him kind of like, wait a second, and he doesn't hear anything. And then that slight cackle starts to erupt again as he turns back to Ace and Zenta. But that is his turn. Uh, so that's going to bring us to Clark. Okay. <clears throat> I am going to cast Ray of Frost at him. Um, Wonderful. So let me split up real quick. 
That's going to be a spell attack roll for you. A 20. A natural 20? Yeah, natural. So um, you are going to roll for damage um, on Ray of Frost, but because it is a critical hit, you are going to get to double whatever is the result on the dice. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, oh, this one, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Three, so six. Six points of damage? Okay, still good. Um, so you uh, watch as he kind of like starts to turn his cackling head back towards Ace Gonzenta, realizing that uh, nobody was hiding behind uh, the debris there, uh, that uh, the distraction was so cleverly placed. Um, and right as he does, this slam of cold energy blasts across his face, and uh, you can still see some icicles kind of clinging to the side of his mouth and nose and eye. Nice. And then for the rest of my turn, I am going to hold my ground there. I'm squishy. Perfect. Uh, so that will then bring us uh, back to uh, Ace and Kill Cannon with uh, Ace Q leading. Okay. Um, can I ask, is, does it look like he's like connected to anything? Are there any like cables leading from his body to anywhere? Roll me a perception check. Okay. Uh, okay. uh, I got 18. 18. You don't see any uh, outward connections across the room, but you do see uh, what looks like some type of cabling connecting from his uh, um, mace thingy. From his, his mace type weapon uh, to like a, a set of uh, like to a, a bracer along his arm. Oh, okay. So like the mace is probably some kind of form of power, maybe. Okay. Um, can I... Uh, so same as before, I'm gonna use my um, quarterstaff two-handed. But can I aim for like any kind of like because it's like connected to his forearm, right? Mm -hmm. Can I aim for the connections on his forearm? Sure. Uh, yeah. Go ahead and roll an attack roll for me. Okay. Uh, oh, plus five. Uh, Twenty-one. 21, that's absolutely going to hit. So go ahead and roll for some damage. Okay, uh, so it's two-handed, so I do the d8. Ooh, 11. 11. Um, so as you uh, slam into it, you uh, watch that cabling um, and uh, wiring uh, and chain um, snap. Um, and so, uh, it, as it does, you actually see some of the, like, electrical current that's running along the actual mace, uh, itself, um, start to, like, dim. Oh, he's the power source. <laughs> Thought it was the other way around. <laughs> okay, uh, and then I, I guess I'll do my, uh, I'll do my bonus action as well. Can I do that as well? Yeah, of course. Okay, sick. Because you, you attacked actually, like, cabling, not him. So you probably want to, you know, actually punch him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, I got seven. Seven point, uh, seven total? Oh, wait, no, I'm going to do my d20. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 17. 17, that will hit. Okay, and I'll roll my d20 again. Six. Six points of damage? Perfect, perfect. It's free. It's <laughs> I keep forgetting. Free, free yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that is going to bring us back to uh, Kill Cannon. 
Um, I will cast uh, another spell, uh, Prestidigitation. Um, I'm going to create a shower of sparks that are rainbow-colored right in front of his eyes is another form of distraction. Ooh! Okay, uh, go ahead and uh, either roll me an Arcana or a Performance check, whichever is going to be better for you. Okay. Uh, 21. 21! Um, so you uh, create that flash in front of uh, his eyes, and uh, you actually watch as um, he kind of like stumbles back a bit, um, and uh, those of you that are right in front of him kind of see uh, the very pulled back, um, uh, very almost lidless eyes uh, start to kind of like glaze over like they're trying to fight through the, the sparks that went off in his face. And then as a bonus action, I will use a Bardic Inspiration on Sal for his use whenever he wants to. Perfect. So, uh, Sal, I believe it lasts for an hour? Or is it 10 minutes? Uh, it is a 10 minutes. 10, 10 minutes. minutes. There we go. I keep switching the two. Uh, so, Sal, for the next 10 minutes, um, at any point, whenever you make a uh, attack roll, a saving throw, or an ability check, you can, um, at after you roll the dice, but before you tell me whether you want to keep it or not, you can elect to roll a d6 and add it to that number. Um, and that is actually going to, uh, uh, do you wish to move it all, Kilkenna, or are you going to stay hunkered down with uh, Clark? I'm going to stay hunkered down. Okay, perfect. That will then bring us to uh, Lucius and uh, Salmagundi. Lucius, you are up first. Okay, all right. When he shocked that shot, he shocked. Um, which way was he facing? Uh, he, when he... The, when the doctor did his first blast, he turned and did it towards the debris uh, that Kill Cannon had made the, the distraction at, mm. um, away from you all. Um, and then he he seems to like wait for a response and didn't get one, and then he turned his attention back to you all. Okay. Um, in that case... Oh, man. I should really save it. I really want a fairy fire <laughs> again, <laughs> but I also should be smart. Um, and Lucius is going to see him searching around for people. See, I'm going to assume from where I am, I can probably see where Kill Cannon and Clark are hunkered down. Um, only Ace and Zenta are within melee range of him. Uh, correct. Okay, I'm going to. It's, it's 10 feet into him, correct? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to run in, um, and I'm going to position myself um, opposite of Zenta, if I can. I don't know if that's possible. Um, the, the thing that is at his back now is the debris pile. Um, oh, okay. So you wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't be gotcha. able to get on the other side. Gotcha. Uh, in that case, I'll just come around the side of him. Okay. Um, and I will come finally face to face with him and he is not facing the debris he's facing away from it i assume he's facing uh, your companions yes um i will instead of clawing him or biting him you will see my hand shift into a very um very sharp and muscled like veiny claw and instead of clawing him i'm just gonna spear him and i'll try and get him right in his neck 
Oh. Um, uh, because of uh, the sparks that uh, Kill Cannon let off in his face, uh, he is technically blinded until the start of Kill Cannon's next turn, so you will actually have advantage on your attack. Oh my god. <laughs> Natural 20. Ah. Ah. So you're going to get to double the results on uh, your primal savagery. Heck yes. Heck yes, baby. <gasps> That's 16 points of acid damage. Okay, that's fine. Cool. <laughs> I'm not upset. No? Uh, <laughs> You're good? I don't get to add modifiers, right? I... Nope, it's just straight full 16 acid damage. You are watched <laughs> as uh, this like bit of like claw, almost tooth-like material protrudes out from uh, the fingertips of Lucius, and he jams it straight into the gut of the doctor. And you see him, like, screaming and trying to, like, lash out towards where Lucius is, but he can't see, and it's, it's rough. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull away and try and duck back behind debris. Okay. Um, he is going to try to attempt to attack you as you leave. Um, but it is a disadvantage because he is blind. Um, and with a two, that's definitely not going to hit even with I'm any other bonuses. <laughs> uh, so that's going to then bring us to Samagundi. Why, yes, yes. And, uh, and so... Uh, my position from this point from him, uh, I is he's in front of me, correct? Uh, you are you are standing with uh, Clark and Kilcannon uh, back towards the entrance to the room, and you have uh, Ace and Zenta directly in front of him, uh, okay. with uh, Lucius kind of like working his way back around behind the debris. Okay. Uh, can I come? up to him and uh, apply uh, and inflict wounds? Yes, you can. Uh, and since he is still blinded until uh, the start of Kill Cannon's turn, you will get advantage on the attack roll. Okay. That was the eight. Uh, so you'll roll uh, You'll roll 2d20s and take the higher result um, and then add your spellcasting modifier to it. Okay. First is a 13. Second is a 19. Okay, perfect. So the 19 uh, plus your modifier will absolutely hit. So go ahead and roll your damage for uh, for inflict wounds. That is a one. Uh, inflict wounds, I believe, does three d10s. Wait, three d10. Okay, okay. Still one, seven, and an eight. One, seven, and eight. So another sixteen points 16. of damage. He's looking pretty rough. You guys have like absolutely beat the bonkers out of this guy. Um, so you actually watch as uh, you aim, you run up. 
And as Lucius works his way around uh, the corner, you run up to take his spot and uh, reach out with your hand right in that spot where Lucius stabbed him uh, with his primal savagery spell. Um, and you all watch as this burst of dark energy erupts into his body and like these snake-like veins almost like protrude up from where that wound was. Uh, and Sal, you're going to uh, hunker down and stay right there? I am going to stay right where I'm at. All right, Zenta, that brings us to you. He's still blounded, right? He is very still blounded. Okay, <laughs> We're going in with Battle Axe again because I am upset that he dodged that first one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you are going to get advantage on this attack roll. Okay, so 2d20 is higher of the two? Correct. Okay. Definitely hope it's higher than that. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so 21. 21's absolutely going to hit. So go ahead and roll damage for your axe, uh, and then you're going to add uh, 5 total on top of it, plus 3, plus 2. Okay, so um, if I'm wielding it two-handed, that's a d10. Yes, correct. Okay. Should be a, a d10, and then you're going to add 5 to whatever you got. Oh. Well, that's upsetting. It's a 7. Total? Yeah. Okay. Um, he's looking on his absolute last legs. Uh, very, very injured. Um, as you uh, slash, you, you guys kind of keep uh, centering on that kind of center part of his torso where the vast majority of the damage has taken place. Uh, so you slash down into it um, and more and more of just this like very dark colored blood begins to continue to like pour out from those wounds. Do you wish to move it all, or are you going to stay right there face to face with him? Yeah, I'm going to stay where I'm at. Okay, perfect. Um, as uh, as he kind of like pulls up and he's still very much blinded, and he's continued to be met with like blast after blast of uh, like vicious attacks. Um, you see him hold up his. Uh, his mace one more time and uh, his hand flashes forward and this electrical spark surges past. I'm going to need um, give me one second. Uh, I'm going to need wisdom saving throws from uh, Sal, Zenta, and Ace, please. Oh, God. With a d20, correct? Mm-hmm. 23. <laughs> My word. <laughs> and Samagundi. Six. So we have six, two, and 23. Ace, uh, you are fine. Um, as this blast erupts over the three of you, um, you all watch as uh, Zenta and uh, Salmagundi scream into the air. Um, and as they do, um, uh, the two of you, uh, you are now frightened. Uh, and as such, whenever it is your turn, you will have to spend your action attempting to move as far away from the doctor as possible. 
Um, and um, as you two uh, look around the room in uh, fear, the two of you could almost swear that you start to see hallucinatory images <laughs> of the doctor at just the corner of your vision, staring at you with these bright red piercing oh. eyes, holding his mace menacingly at the corner. And that is going to bring us to Clark. Hit me. All right. Um, so seeing everybody run away, I'm going to attempt casting Toll the Dead as, again, because uh, he is at a disadvantage now, right? Um, he's only a disadvantage on his attack rolls, not on his saving throws. Okay. I'm still going to cast it. <laughs> Toll the Dead? Okay. Yeah. Um, he rolled a five, so even with bonuses, that's absolutely going to hit. So go ahead and roll for some damage. Nice. So since he's already damaged, as a D12, right? Correct. That'll be a D12 of necrotic. Wait, which one's the D12? This one? This. Ten. Ten! Yeah. As, um... As he begins to kind of, like, try to fight away and feels like he's trying to, like, clear that, uh, that blinding from his eyes, um, after, uh, hearing the, the screams of Zenta and Sal echo in front of him, um... You hear that kind of high-pitched cackle um, start to emerge more and more, um, like he's uh, getting ready. And uh, you see him starting to kind of like clear his vision and look like he's going to like wind back his weapon now that he knows exactly where Zinta and uh, Sal are after they screamed. Um, and the cackle from his laugh, as it echoes through the room, it begins to take on the sound of this dolorous, loud, booming bell that continues to overpower and erupt. And as it does, you see dark blood starting to pour from the corners of his eyes and down the corner of his mouth and out from the wounds on his chest until his mace drops from his hand he drops to his knees and falls onto the ground. <laughs> Good job, Gary. <laughs> yeah. Final beer, blow. Beer, beer, beer. <laughs> yeah. Good job, everybody. Yeah. I did enjoy the uh, very, very astute uh, usage of both uh, a pebble distraction and a blinding. Uh, from Kill Cannon against the Doctor. Very, very well done. Nice to everyone. Um, so as uh, the Doctor falls down to the floor, um, uh, Zinta and Sal, I do still need both of you to go ahead and give me a wisdom saving throw. Uh, Thirteen. Uh, so, um, as you feel the overwhelming fear, as even as this figure falls in front of you, you see still multiple images of him all around the room, and you feel that fear start to grip and hold on, like you're about to just turn and run out of the room. Um, and all of a sudden, your rage calms you slightly, and then you calm from the rage, and you come back to your senses, and those images around you slowly dissipate. And Sal? A nine. A nine. Uh, do not forget, if you would like, you do still have your bardic inspiration that you can add on to that. Oh, yes. Oh, 
How much was that again? Was that a... That's going to add a D6 onto the ball. A D6. Yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, use that. Okay, perfect. Two plus uh, eight. Uh, so you rolled the you rolled the the d six and you add that on top of the the nine that you rolled before. Gotcha. All right. So that was fifteen. Fifteen total. Then yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you feel you feel that that similar instance where um you start to um. You start to kind of like lose yourself to the fear, um, and then uh, the the inspiration and the uh, kind of like guidance given to you from Kill Cannon uh, starts to worm its way past those thoughts um, and begins to kind of like slowly clear your mind as you kind of come to your senses. Yes. So you all are standing uh, in the laboratory. You do still see a slight hum of electricity up his very large uh, mace-like weapon. Um, And uh, you now have uh, the laboratory to yourselves. What would you all like to do? I want to look around. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, Go ahead and give me either a perception or an investigation check, whichever is going to be better for you. Um... Is there any like rooms or any? I guess I want to look around as well, so I can see what's around. Of course, of course. Uh, same. Go ahead and give me a perception or, or investigation. Uh, Ace, kill cannon, Zenta, or uh, Samagundi. Do any of you want to do anything in particular, or just kind of right. like? Sorry, go uh, ahead. I would like to uh, search his body if I can. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Ace, Kilcannon, or Sal, do you have anything? Uh, did anybody take any damage from this that I'm tracking? I don't, I don't, I don't believe so, actually. So, no. y'all, managed okay. to, y'all managed to keep him distracted for a couple <laughs> rounds, so he wasn't really able to do much until he frightened the two of you. I'd like to look around specifically for like a power source of some kind. Oh, okay. Power sources and things. Uh, and then Kill Cannon, uh, anything in particular for you? Or just kind of like um, being able to assist others as you can? I'm just going to pull out my loot and play it for a little bit while everyone does their thing. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Um, so uh, what were the uh, perception or investigation checks from Lucius and uh, from Clark? I, I got a uh, 14. 14? 16. Perfect. Uh, so, Clark, as you are looking around, you actually managed to find um, a set of fairly worn stairs uh, hidden back in the room that lead up to that ruined observation uh, deck there. Um, and as you check around up in the observation room, you can actually see that this is kind of turned into like a smaller, um, a, a smaller type lab up here that he's able to do like smaller uh, experiments and investigations with. Um, and as you are looking around up there, Clark, uh, you are able to, if you wish, uh, you could piece together uh, one set of alchemist supplies. Uh, you could piece together one set of tinkers tools. 
Um, and then uh, amongst things, um, you find a uh, the one of the odder things that you were managed to able to find is a glass orb that seems to be filled with kind of like rolling, constantly moving smoke. I remember. I'm gonna take it off. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Um, for Lucius, um, you were uh, uh, checking around the room as well. Um, on a few different stations, you actually find some uh, very interesting um, uh, experiments that uh, the doctor here has made. Um, on one of them, you see a very large um, uh, metallic device. Um, that seems to be connected to some type of uh, tank of some sort. Um, and uh, you can see through like a little bit of very, very dirty glass on the tank uh, that it seems to be like constantly full of uh, like rolling fire. Um, and it is attached to a very, very long uh, metal uh, pole of sorts uh, with a harness to kind of like strap it along your shoulder. One of the other things that you managed to find is a uh, is another uh, backpack tank harness type device uh, that seems to be a very very long metal test tube that has um, bits of uh, rolling electricity and uh, what almost looks like liquid metal inside of it uh, that seems to be like constantly rolling and kind of like moving throughout. Um, and it seems to have a connection down to a, uh, almost like a metal glove of sorts. Hmm. Okay. Really good I found, guys. Um, I don't know what it is, but it's full of electric and fire. So, <laughs> there's that. Hmm. They look like uh, backpacks, but I have no Um, Ace. As uh, you are looking around, um, over in uh, the corner of the room, uh, you actually find a, uh, a very, very ruined chest that actually has the whole uh, top of it like completely torn off. Um, and inside you can find a number of uh, small personal effects, um, small bits of jewelry, valuables, um, and some assorted amounts of coin. Um, all of which would equal up to um, 150 gold. Uh, this looks like these are these look like these are uh, personal effects that may have belonged to previous uh, uh, individuals. Well, let's let's take it. Probably not going to keep. <laughs> and then uh, Zenta, as you are uh, looking uh, him over, um, uh, you can see the large bits of uh, leather. Uh, uh, apron and things like that that he's wearing are heavily, heavily destroyed at this point. Um, and his mace um, is still lying on the ground. It does have some still that faint bits of uh, electricity. And as you kind of like check it out and uh, pick it up, it does seem to keep that same odd hum going. Um, even as it's been uh, disconnected from his uh, his bracer there. Um, and it has that same type of crackling energy uh, that you and Sal were blasted with. Oh. Can I keep it? 
Yes, you may. Ooh. <laughs> oh, she's scary now. <clears throat> he basically said it's a mace, right? That mm-hmm. sounds like it's up my alley. <laughs> Uh, so as you all uh, gather these things um, and uh, have thoroughly searched through uh, the doctor's laboratory, um, you carefully make your way uh, back through the facility, uh, following the paths and uh, avoiding the traps that Zenta had pointed out before. Um, and as you start to uh, make your way back, uh, you actually uh, round the corner right as you see... Um, uh, um, the, the harpies uh, ripping the throats out of a few of the uh, troglodytes um, in the entryway. Um, and uh, you see uh, you see Jiraiya actually kind of like leading everybody uh, outside and uh, uh, leading a, uh, a tall Goliath figure uh, with very gray skin. Um, a small halfling girl uh, and um uh, and a uh, kind of like an olive-skinned uh, uh, individual with uh, like a heavy leather uh, coat around him, uh, starting to like lead them outside and out of the facility. Uh, and that is where we are going to go ahead and take our first break this evening, as you all have managed to uh, defeat Dr. Herman Carter uh, and uh, save all the individuals uh, inside his sanitarium. So we will be uh, right back in just a few moments uh, with more Daddies and Divas, the heroes of K-Twitch. See y'all in a bit. We're heroes. So heroful.
We're back. Welcome back, everybody, to oh. Daddies and Divas, the heroes of Gay Twitch. Uh, we just left off with the uh, party uh, being able to uh, topple the Dr. Herman Carter uh, in his laboratory uh, and find a few um, interesting, fun experiments of his. Uh, left over and around the lab that they made out with. Um, and as they were uh, exiting uh, his wing of uh, his sanitarium, uh, they happened upon Jiraiya and the uh, harpies felling the last of the uh, troglodytes in the entryway while Jiraiya uh, ushered the uh, remaining captives uh, out of the building and out into the cliff sides. Uh, so we are going to go ahead and pick right back up there uh, as uh, you all are uh, exiting the sanitarium uh, with them. Uh, and as Jariah uh, ushers uh, ushers uh, everybody outside, uh, you see her with a, um, a, a short sword in one hand and her hand on her uh, sling um, hanging off of her belt. She goes, is everything okay? Did you, or is everything all right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got these new backpacks, and the guy's dead, too. Um, okay, that's more what I was interested in, but cool for the backpack. Yeah, that's... Mm -hmm. um, was there anything else that you found down that direction? Is everything okay? I found a lot of belongings of the, the people that he's been taking. Um, thinking we some way we can return these to the correct people. I, I think we likely. <laughs> I know. I know that they said. <laughs> they likely yeah. have loved ones in town. Yeah. We can see what we can do. Eh. Um, I think we should. Thank I you all so much. Um, you managed to buy us quite a bit of time. It was a, a little tough getting everybody out. Um, and you can kind of look over and you can see um, uh, the tall Goliath figure, um, completely shaved, bald. Um, uh, they, you see, they actually have like a bit of a, a claw mark down one side of their their neck and along their clavicle, um, and uh, you can see the uh, the small halfling girl um, actually has like a black eye, um, but she is also uh, kind of nursing some bloody knuckles. Looks like she may have got a, a, a hit in or two herself, um, as uh, Jiraiya and the others were escaping, um, and uh, you see the the harpies kind of like. Uh, exiting, and uh, one of them goes to, like, take a, a, a lick from their hand, and she just kind of, like, gives a really sour look. She's like, these ones did not taste good. Yo. Just <laughs> try some rice. I can't imagine. Uh, you all make your way out onto the, the cliffside, um, uh, and you see Jiraiya kind of uh, tending to some of the wounded um and uh, the the harpies themselves um, are gathering up the the bodies of the troglodytes um, and are beginning to uh, create a pyre um, uh, to burn the bodies away. Um, what would you all wish to do? Well, I mean, so there's one, two, there's Jiraiya. There's Jiraiya and three others that they managed to save. Uh, and then there are the three harpies. Okay. Um, Can I go over and talk to the to the three that they saved? Of course, of course. Just gonna say the same. Do you want to come with? Yeah, I'll come with you. Okay. 
Perfect. So you you walk over and there is a um, uh, a, a tall Goliath, uh, just a few inches um, short of uh, Zenta's height, uh, completely bald, uh, gray skin, uh, very dark eyes, um, uh, and they have a, a very square jaw, but otherwise very androgynous features. Um, it, they look like they have on a uh, uh, similar types of clothes to what you've seen of some of the sailors or dock workers um, in uh, in Yarmouth. Uh, there's the uh, small uh, halfling girl um, who is kind of like cracking her knuckles and like kind of like tending to some uh, some bruising and some bloodying on them. Um, uh, and then we have. Uh, the uh, the younger uh, kind of like teenage olive skinned uh, human, uh, very dirty mess of hair on top, um, has like that very slight like slight bit of stubble on the chin that they just refuse to get rid of because they probably just grew it and they're really proud of it. Um, uh, and so they they introduce themselves uh, as uh, uh, Baven is the Goliath. Um, uh, Wilhelmina is the halfling, uh, and Marius. Okay. Um, can I address all of them and ask just, um, how long were you all there for, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, they give, uh, various accounts of, uh, taken <clears throat> anywhere up to, uh, two weeks ago, um, to, um, only about a week ago. So it seems like they've been there the, some of the longest. I see. Okay. Um, and then can I ask um, what kind of I don't know, treatment they were subjected to from the doctor? Um, and uh, uh, you see uh, Baven roll up their uh, the arms of their uh, shirt and they hold out their arms and you can actually see there is a burn imprint on their palms and uh, snaking up their arms and forearms, you see uh, the telltale signs of um, uh, kind of like electrical scarring where you can actually see the veins um, uh, like very light and uh, protruding down their, their forearms from the burns that they were subjected to. Okay. Um, Wilhelmina pulls back her hair and you can see similar burn marks along uh, the temples. Um, and uh, uh, Marius pulls down his shirt, and you can see those various burn marks uh, applied to uh, his chest. Um, and they, they describe that uh, they were undergoing a, ver a, a varying amount of uh, shock therapies um, in an attempt to kind of like both break them and uh, map their psyches. Okay. Um... Can I ask them if if the if the scars still hurt in any way? They're still painful. Uh, they say they they haven't um, for a bit. He's been cycling through some of the others, uh, some okay. of which didn't make it. Okay. Because um, if there's if there's any if you have any like ailments that are like hurting you right now, we have people here that can that can help you with that. So. Um, Baven Baven shows off the the like very fresh wound from. Uh, the, the slash across his uh, across their neck and uh, clavicle, um, and then uh, Wilhelmina just points to her uh, her black eye, but she says she's like, "I'm okay." I'll cast your wounds okay. on even then. Okay, perfect. Uh, so you can go ahead and roll a, a D8, I believe, for cure wounds, and you can add your spellcasting modifier. 
Six. Six, perfect. Um, so you watch as a, a good bit of uh, the scarring uh, disappears on uh, their skin. Um, there's still like a little bit of uh, like redness and, and scarring from uh, the attack itself. But for the most part, they are uh, uh, kind of like back in, in good shape. Um, and it's not actively bleeding anymore on their skin. Um, Jiraiya uh, kind of walks up and says, thank you all so much. I." I didn't feel comfortable leaving them in there. Uh, all of them did so much to make sure that I could get out. And with if it weren't for the sisters and it weren't for you all, I, I don't know if we could have gotten out, at least not without losing somebody else. Did, did you know them before you came here? And I'll point to the harpies. No, no. They, uh, they live here amongst the, the cliff sides. Um, and uh, one of, uh, one of the, the harpies, uh, Acosta, uh, um, steps forward and says, no, we have been here for as long as the three of us have been sisters. Um, but we have often come in contention with the doctor's minions and uh, any of the others who have paid him visit. Okay, so it was. This was beneficial to you in a lot of ways. This was. This is your home, I guess. Yes, we uh, have called these cliffsides home, and uh, for the longest time, we believed that uh, the villagers of, of Yarmouth were our friends, uh, and we didn't quite understand that the doctor was not one of them. Uh, meeting Jiraiya here and the others, we are very, very pleased to be able to reestablish that connection. How long? You're very kind. Oh, sorry. It's okay. You're very kind. I just, it's nice. It is. How long has the doctor been here? Like, how long has it been? It has been a couple years. He kept to himself primarily, but... There was always the faint bits of screams and experimentation happening within. And then one day, these, and she kind of points over to uh, the pyre that uh, Ismini and Salimi are currently uh, um, finishing up and about to light. Um, she says, one day, these here were delivered to him by some type of hooded figure. Um, and ever since, his methods of experimentation continued to increase in sadism and violence. As that's happening, I'm like in the background, like putting on the glove, like putting the backpack. Uh, she looks over, she goes, do be careful. He was a brilliant man, but... Clearly, not everything was meant for kindness. She kind of like looks over at the others who are uh, still very scarred from their various uh, experiments. You seem to find the whole encounter quite humorous for some reason. Well, when you have gone that mad, it is often humorous at the actual nature of reality. Okay. 
Um. They, uh, they, uh, they light up the pyre, and uh, it's a very, very rancid smell, um, but eventually it, it does kind of give way, um, and uh, large quantities of smoke are now billowing into the sky. Um, Jiraiya kind of, like, walks over to you all, looking at it, and says, well, I'm sure at this point everybody in town knows something's up, especially with that going on. Um, shall we go? I think so. Before we go, oh. can I can I can I just go like nearish the the pyre that's on fire, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna kneel down um, and then like sit on my sit on my legs, and then I'm just gonna like put my put my hands on my on my thighs, and then close my eyes for a little while. Okay. Yeah. Um, maybe for like two, maybe for like two minutes. Um, as you uh, as you do, uh, you actually see um, uh, Ismini and Salimi uh, take a seat on uh, either side um, of you and uh, do the same and uh, close their eyes. Um, and as uh, as they do, uh, you uh, hear them uh, begin to mutter names um and uh uh you actually hear um uh, acosta standing uh with all of the rest of you um as this is happening um uh, acosta says they are uh paying tribute to the fallen um those that we know at least They'll all be reclaimed. They will. As will this place. And they kind of, she kind of looks back to uh, the sanitarium. There's still some of that faint electrical humming, um, but it is uh, much less severe at this time. Um, and uh, you, as you are uh, finishing up, uh, more and more of. Uh, the clouds continue to fade away from uh, the night sky, revealing more and more uh, stars up above. And for a brief moment, um, amidst all of the terror that uh, has been experienced, and despite the less than ideal surrounding of the sanitarium, it's actually a, a rather beautiful sight as uh, the flickering flames and the dark smoke uh, continue to pour into the sky. And there's just quiet for once. Uh, Acosta clears her throat and her sisters stand um, and uh, help the others to their feet. Um, uh, Acosta turns to Dariah and says, you are always welcome amongst us, my dear. We consider you one of our sisters now. Come find us should you feel it necessary. Um, and the three of them uh, lift up and take off into uh, the cliffs once more. Um, Jariah looks at you all and says, Shall we go? I would really, really love to see my wife again. Um, we, uh, we only have a few boats, though. We have one. Yeah, we have one boat. Of course, oh, we just... can... We can call for a signal or take turns, and that's fine. Oh, um, you said the harpies flew away? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Uh, so you all slowly make your way down the stone steps, down the cliffside, down to uh, your tied-off boat um, and the rocks below. Um, you can actually see, um, just barely far across the way, you actually see a number of uh, lit lanterns all along the front of the docks, um, uh, seeming to be drawn from the uh, the large uh, billowing smoke uh, from the cliffs. Um, uh, the boat is uh, big enough for eight people um, who will be making their way across first. Well, Bill, Jariah, and the gang well, should go on there. Um, I'll stay back. I'll take up the rear, as usual. Okay, so we'll have we'll have a we'll have Lucius and and Samagundi stay behind. Um, can I fly alongside the boats, but like not like high up or anything, just kind of like like next to it, so I can still like like be be around, but just not on the boat. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Actually, um, with Sal also being able to uh, swim, Sal could swim alongside the boat. You could fly, and then everybody would be able to fit within the, the oh, boat yeah. of eight people itself. There we go. Then. Wow. <laughs> Done. Come on, abilities. Come on, everyone. <laughs> How dare you try to read me for my abilities? <laughs> uh, start rowing. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, my God. Um, as you all make your way there, you actually watch as um, uh, Dariah is is tending to the others and, and making sure they're fine. Uh, but you see, she has kept herself pretty firmly at the the front of the boat there. Um, and as you all continue to make your way back towards uh, the docks, as you get closer and closer, you can make out um, a number of uh, individuals almost lining the docks and keeping watch. Um, and uh, as you all are continuing to make your way there, um, you uh, hear a very loud whistle um, emit from the docks, which I'm not going to make because I can't, and there's a microphone, both reasons. Um that uh you hear a very loud uh series and it, it's almost a call and response all down the the docks and uh as they do uh you actually hear a number of bells ringing uh along the dockside from some of the the ships that are there um and you see the lighthouse far to your right um and up along a, a ridge actually light up and start shining down and you see it starting to like angle down mm -hmm. towards y'all um and once it hits um, you actually uh, hear everybody along the docks starting to cheer and mm -hmm. applaud and cry out. Bells are ringing, whistles are happening, and amidst all of it, uh, you all actually hear uh, Jiraiya go, Euphemia? Euphemia! And she dives into the water and begins swimming so fast. And you watch as uh, a figure on the docks, um, you can just barely make them out, uh, begins jumping into the water and wading through, um, trying to get as close as you can until uh, she's about waist deep. And you watch as Daria swims up, starts wading, and just wraps her arm around her wife, standing there, finally re reunited. As your uh, as your boat pulls up alongside the docks, they're kind of like wading themselves back up onto uh, onto the deck, um, and you see all of the red gills surrounding them, 
crying happy tears. Jiraiya so excited to see everybody again. Um, and Elise kind of like pushing her way through, but like, yes, yes, wonderful, move on, thank you, thank you so much, wonderful, yes, thank you, move please, move please, I need, stop, stop, yes, thank you, wonderful, move please. She kind of pushes her way through to where she's there with the Red Jills, and she's helping the other three um, out of the boat with you all. Um, um, and uh, as she does, uh, she actually uh, kind of whistles out to somebody and says, um, uh, somebody tell Barnacles uh, to set these three up with rooms for the night so that we can go ahead and uh, make sure that they're okay before we return them to their families. Um, uh, and uh, she kind of like starts handing them off to deckhands um, and they start making their way back down the docks, um, putting fresh blankets around them, uh, handing them fresh water um, and small bits of, of food to eat as they're they're taken uh, to the, the tavern. Um, Elise turns to you all and says, I'm going to meet up with them um, and uh, check in, uh, make sure they're fine, and then start reconnecting them with their families in town. Thank you all so much. Um, I, I have more to say to you, but that can wait till tomorrow. Um, just thank you. Uh, Elise kind of like walks away, uh, looks at all the others, and you can see her kind of like slightly wipe a little bit of tear away from her eye. Um, and she kind of like turns immediately to somebody. She's just like, what are you doing? Get back to work. Go home, drink, do something. Clear out. Why are you all here? Go away. Um, and um, eventually it is uh, just the six of you and uh, the Red Jills um, on the docks. Um, uh, Euphemia looks up and says, I, I, I don't have words. I, I don't. Um, thank you all. Thank you all so much. Of course. I, You're welcome, I, my child. I don't know what else to say. Um, Thank you. That was a lot of fun. Euphemia uh, uh, just kind of like looks a little taken aback, and Jiraiya goes, It's okay, sweetheart. We did get to kill some really wicked shit. Um, and, and all the little, all the, the, the younger Red Jills go, Really? Really, Jiraiya? What did you do? What'd you fight? What happened? And uh, you see Jiraiya kind of like chuckle a little bit and uh, she starts telling a, a much more toned down version of uh, what occurred um, and telling them all about uh, their new sisters, uh, Acosta, Salimi, and uh, Ismini, uh, and how they were able to rescue everybody else uh, with the help of these brave, brave individuals. Um, and all of the younger Regils are just amazed at this entire story. Um, and you can see Euphemia just looking on, tears in her eyes, uh, and turns to you and says, Thank you for bringing good into this world again. It's nice to see someone take a chance on us. Um, Euphemia walks up to Dry and says, I, I think it's time to come home. And Jariah just kind of chuckles and she goes, I'm sorry, girls, we're going to have to pick this story up tomorrow. It is well past everybody's bedtime. We need to go. Um, and they uh, kind of nod solemnly at all of you, um, hold each other, and begin leading the girls back through the city, back to their hideout. 
and you all are left on the docks of Yarmouth. What would you all like to do? <sighs> Rest. Mead. Tavern. <laughs> I'm kind of tired. Rats food. You all, you all head back uh, to uh, Dockers, uh, the tavern here in Yarmouth, um, and are immediately treated hand and foot by every single person in that tavern. Yes. People are cheering, people are playing music, people are bringing you food and beverages and uh, wanting to hear stories about everything that you went through. And more and more, Elise is having to pull people away from you all and just be like, okay, thank you, wonderful, please let them have this, thank you, wonderful. What are you doing? Go have another drink. Thank you. Um, she says, uh, uh, luckily, um, uh, Wilhelmina and uh, Marius uh, do have family still in town. Um, uh, Baven does not, but I have offered them uh, work uh, here in town um, uh, under my uh, watch. And um, I'll be able to keep them under my wing. Um, and keep an eye on them. Uh, thank you all so much. I will be by tomorrow with uh, your promised payment for everything. Um, is there anything else that I can do for you all tonight? I actually have a question for you, Elise. Um, we killed the mayor. He dead. Who, uh, who's next to land to run this place? Because I feel like you should. And can I pull out like, the mayor's ring that I have and give it to her? <sighs> she um, she kind of chuckles and, and picks it up from the palm of your hand and kind of stares at it. Um, kind of like tosses it in the air a few times uh, and then uh, puts it on. She has to try a few times. Uh, it does fit on her uh, pinky finger. Um, <laughs> and she kind of she kind of takes a look at it and she's like, you know, Mayor does sound a lot better than Doc Master. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> she uh, she kind of like looks at all of you. She says, "I'll be in touch." Uh, can um, I, can I kinda... pull out the? Sorry. So no, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, uh, can I pull out? I'm going to pull out the contents that I found in the chest and be like, "These belonged to the to the people he murdered." Is there any way you can find? loved ones to perhaps return them to absolutely i'll i'll do what i can and um uh any that uh, aren't able to be returned um i'll make sure are uh, properly given to you all as uh thanks for everything that you've gone through um i won't i won't be partaking in any of the belongings of the dead thank you oh of course um she goes i'll make sure it goes to a, a good place then. Uh, she takes up the, the bag that you, you hand off to her um, and uh, makes her way out the door. She's still kind of like checking out the signet ring on her finger. Uh, and you can see her kind of like starting to blatantly <laughs> gesture to people. <laughs> um, kind of showing it off a little bit. She's kind of she's digging it. She's digging it a lot. Um, Kiss the ring, you bitch. Just the pinky she's pointing with? Yeah. That's, that's that. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but you all are uh, left to your own devices uh, in the tavern to enjoy your evening. Uh, is there anything in particular that any of you wish to discuss or do at this time? Um, I'm just gonna, I guess I'll just like, is there any like empty tables around? Yeah, you you all have your your same private booth that's kind of been oh, we're up there. Okay. And squared away. I'm gonna hang out with Ace. Right, cool. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just just sit with sit with the, at the table, I guess. If anyone else is gonna, but perfect. I, I guess like, me and me and Clark are already there. Now. Yeah. Zenta, you looked ready to to say something. Yeah, uh, Zenta's just gonna move to kind of the corner of the room and sit down and pull out her weapons and start cleaning them quietly to herself. Perfect, perfect. Uh, so uh, you all watch as uh, Zenta pulls out her javelin and uh, the uh, large battle axe that she used uh, begins slowly and methodically uh, cleaning them and taking care of them um, very, very purposefully um, and very routinely, um, kind of just taking this time for herself. And I also pull out my little ball of smoke and like look at it a little bit. Just kind of yeah. inspect it. Mm-hmm. So you play around with it and as you kind of like pull it out, you can kind of like tumble it to either side and you see the, the smoke continuing to move and tumble uh, within that small glass ball. Um, I'm going to do a, a couple of things. Okay. Um, first, I'm going to go up to Ace and Clark. And Hi. I'll kind of like sit down for a second and like I'll sit down and like they're like talking with myself. And I'll just kind of like sit there like uncomfortable for a little bit like while they're hanging out. And I'll be like, yeah, so um, I I got this um this backpack right here uh, mm-hmm. earlier. And I don't, I don't, no, not you. Um, And I look at Ace <laughs> and I and I uh, like I don't know if you you hit like I saw you punched him a few times. Right. Like so this glove. Like you might, I don't know. You got hands. Can we get a description of the glove again? I've already forgotten. <laughs> no problem. So, uh, so one of them is a very law, overly large. Um, it almost looks like a glass test tube um, that has a uh, roiling, almost liquid metal and uh, lightning, kind of just like tumbling through it. Um, that has a. Um, um, almost metal-like hose that is attached to a uh, fingerless glove that kind of like fits along uh, each of the, the knuckles of a hand. Um, the other one um, isn't necessarily a, a backpack per se. It, it looks like it is a large two-handled um, I guess the best way to describe it is it's essentially a flamethrower. <gasps> Oh, uh, it has a yeah, tank, it has a tank at the back with very dirty glass. <laughs> it has a like active flame constantly tumbling. <laughs> you you it. guys have just been letting me walk around with yeah, like. basically. <laughs> actually oh. set something on fire. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this one either. It's I not mean, really my, like it's big. I'm not. It's it's not. But it looks cool. Thank you. It doesn't doesn't really seem to be my style. As you see, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I fight with a large stick. So yeah. you shoot. I see you shooting. Uh, like you just like cold stuff. Like maybe Me? you got like ice fire. Fire yeah. and ice. Like, Ooh, a little bit of. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh no! Like you wanna. I mean, think about it. it think about it. I'll just put it on the table. <laughs> okay. I'll just put it on the table. I'm just gonna like <laughs> yeah. poke it a little bit and like look at it. I guess. 
Okay. Perfect. As you look on it, you can see a, a very long uh, metal barrel that almost fans out a little bit at the front. Yeah. Um, almost almost like a, a blunderbuss, almost. Um, and then it has um, a number of chambers along the, the back side of it with that large tank uh, mounted at the end there. Um, and it does have uh, like a, uh, a trigger of sorts uh, at the bottom for you to pull and uh, activate it. Lucius, are you giving this to me? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to throw it away otherwise. Oh, okay. I don't know. They looked cool. I, I thought I'd bring it back, but I was like, like what? I'm not so a doctor. I belong at the bottom of the docks. I've had experience with things that produce fire where I'm from. Mm -hmm. Not a fan. Like oh. torches. Oh, yeah, I guess I'll take it. I'm like, cool. Thanks mm. for this. Yeah, I know it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to call it a boomstick. <laughs> and once you take a long rest and you actually get a chance to uh, attune to it, then I can tell you what its actual name is. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> and, then nice. <laughs> and and then one last thing I'd like to do is I'm gonna kind of walk over after that. I'm gonna be like, okay, enjoy, guys. Like, I'll see you later. And I'll uh, get up and I'll walk over to Azenta, and she's like cleaning her blades, and I'll kind of like sit down, and I'll be like, what are you doing? What does it look like I'm doing? I don't know. I've never had, a, had an axe, an axe, or anything before. Are you cleaning them? Like, it's what you do with your weapons if you want to keep them well maintained. They look really nice. A lot. They look really. really nice. I mean, not that javelin, right? There, that looks. And I'll point to the javelin that like looks banged up from the doctor. I'll be like, I don't know if you can really clean that one out, but uh, you were, you did really cool. But, like, you're really good with that. Thanks. Do you do you live here? No. Me neither. I don't know. I don't live here either. So <laughs> I was just wondering. I, I met you here, so I thought like maybe I don't know. Maybe you, I don't know. At least you don't live here, but are like is it? I assume there's other places like this one. Maybe not like near like this big big water and stuff, but like are is everywhere like this? Zinta's gonna look extremely put off, but just kind of slowly lower the weapon into her lap and look at him and just be like, um, I'm from a city like here, bigger. Uh, I'm actually from- Wait, bigger than this? Yes, bigger. Like- What do you- like a beacon? It's a much larger city. You understand, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's bigger. Yeah. That makes sense. Um well like where did you put where did where do you put it? Like where is it? Is it just like a little bit confused about that? Be like, well, I I've left home to come here to find work. I, I didn't put the city anywhere it's it's where i left it all right is it far from here did you have to go a long way like oh i didn't hear you far enough okay all right 
I just, I was just wondering. I, you, you seem like you knew a lot of the people here. So I just assumed like you lived here. So, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like. I didn't mean to intrude. I'm sorry. But uh. No need to apologize. I just don't really talk to other people that often. I mean, you're really good. You're really good at it. <laughs> really good at it. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you. I I don't think so, but I I try. And I think I think, uh, and this is just like me, when I'm watching, because I, I like some I don't always talk either, but um, you. I think uh, I think you have a lot to say, but like without saying it. I think you're good at that. Anyway, I hope you have a good night, <laughs> and I'll get up and I'll I'll walk away. I'll go up to the room eventually after like walking. Zinta just looks extremely uncomfortable about everything that just happened. Like very uncomfortable. <laughs> You actually, uh, you actually look around, and there's a, a few people at like some nearby tables that, like, as Lucius walks away, they both kind of like look over to you, giving you like, "What was that?" He's just, just gonna like look at them right in the eyes and glare at them, and then just like aggressively wipe at her battle axe. Like, they both like get up from their chair <laughs> and walk away. They're like, "No, okay, okay." <laughs> Um, is there you, anything else that anybody wanted to do uh, this evening before turning in for the night? Hey, hey, Ask. Hey, Ask. Yeah. God, I want a barbecue rat real bad. Like, real bad. I have no idea what that is. It, it, it's like barbecued, but it's a rat. I understand the second part of that. I can't help it, I'm hungry. Uh, they, uh, somebody actually hears you, like, over saying this, and they're like, well, there's actually a, a stand right outside. They don't have rat, but they do have some various different meats. I mean, a anything at this point. <laughs> I'm just starving. I was gonna say, you, you head outside, and they, they do have, like, probably, like, the, close, the closest equivalent to uh, barbecue that you could find. Um, some type of uh, uh, grilled... It, it looks like some type of poultry of, of some sort. Um, mm. uh, some type of uh, wild bird. Um, uh, but it is uh, full on, like, chicken on a stick, almost. Uh, grilled up uh, lightly. And it almost has this uh, almost uh, mango-esque, uh, like, sweet flavor to it. Mm, just the way I want it. <coughs> the weight of my heart. There you go. Um, a man, a man clock, man clock is still kind of like sitting at the table with, <laughs> with this strange smoke orb, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna assume it's just kind of like sitting on the table. I'm just gonna like elbow him and just be like, "What do you think this thing is?" In fact, like, how does that? I'm gonna ask like a meta question. How does that work? Like, if I want to like try and work out what it is, is that what kind of role is that? That would be an Arcana check. Go ahead and give me. Yeah, an the orb. Yeah, do you, do you want to do one as well? <laughs> I mean, 
It's a smoke bomb. Right? I'm gonna roll an arcana. <laughs> Same. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, I got seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. I got a nineteen. Nineteen. Perfect. Oh well, um, without my modifier, but I mean. Oh, I mean that. It uh it it appears to be a uh, glass orb filled with smoke. Um, it, it <sighs> seems like it <laughs> right surprise. <laughs> um, but it, uh, it does seem like it could um, have some type of uh, extra property uh, if you were to uh, throw it and use it as a like almost grenade type. Uh, Literally, wow! <laughs> it didn't even need to check. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> Wow. Um, uh, anything else for you all tonight? No, I think we should all... I'm good. I'm going to return to the roof. I'm Perfect. I'm going to follow him upstairs to the our rooms, and he goes through the window, I guess. Wonderful. <laughs> you, all, uh, you all retire to your rooms for the evening. Um, very, very earned rest um, at the end of a couple very, very long days. Um, and with that, a couple things happen. One, you all may go ahead and press that lovely long rest button to go ahead and earn some spells back and some uh, some health and some various things. Uh, two, um, for uh, all of your endeavors this past day, you all receive 200 experience points each. Is that enough? Which should be enough to bring you to... Oh, level yes. two! Oh my gosh! So we'll actually go through that process separately for you all. Um, but just know that uh, you will be able to uh, be level two next time before uh, the next full session. Um, and uh, a few items that you all found. Zenta. Your uh, large mace-like weapon that you retrieved from the doctor Spocky, Spocky, boom, mace. is a mace of terror. Oh. Lane, you're muted. So either uh, throughout this panel before the next session, we can go ahead and add a Mace of Terror to your inventory. Ooh. The other two uh, experimental devices that you all found, uh, one is referred to as a Museum Apparatus. It is the one that has the uh, liquid metal uh, pouring through the, the back of it that is attached to the glove. Uh, it allows you to channel your uh, it allows you to channel your uh, magic into it uh, whenever you would go to cast a spell um, so that you can potentially cast a completely different spell that you may not even have access to. <gasps> it's like a randomizer. Yeah, if you nice. uh, using nice the device, uh, if you pass the check to do so, uh, you get to cast the spell of your choosing. If you fail the check to do so, you cast one of the random spells that would be available. I love That's that. So the other device that you found is uh, referred to as a pyro converger. Uh, it is essentially a flamethrower uh, that will let you continue to activate it. However every continued use of it before you take a long rest gets you in closer and closer to it malfunctioning and lighting yourself on fire. <laughs> so only use it for safety. Like, like if we break really out the it. big gun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There you go. What about my orb? Uh, so, 
Uh, the orb, um, it's essentially exactly as you expected it to be. It is essentially a smoke bomb that you can uh, <laughs> toss and uh, will let out a small um, quote-unquote fog cloud type effect cool. um, in a 10-foot uh, radius. Cool. This is pot and pocket. And uh, with that, we uh, conclude our long rest. Um, you all wake up uh, fresh in the morning. Uh, you find um, uh, breakfast waiting for you uh, from Barnacles and James, um, along with a, uh, a small uh, handwritten note for each of you from Barnacles, uh, thanking you all for everything that you did. Um, uh, and on it, uh, uh, he uh, has a little kind of like signed card uh, that he and uh, James have both uh, signed and they like stamped with wax. Um, and it's the, the actual like uh, like signet image of the bar itself. Um, and uh, in uh, Barnacles and James's letters to you guys, uh, they say that uh, if you ever uh, if you ever make your way back to Yarmouth, um, from whatever travels you plan on doing. Um, always feel free to stop by uh, and you will be uh, promptly taken care of uh, and considered uh, members of the family. Hmm. Um, as you make your way downstairs, uh, Elise is uh, waiting for you all. Um, a little bit of dark circles under her eyes. It's been a, a late night for her uh, getting everything taken care of. Uh, but you can see her still kind of like fawning over the, the ring on her pinky um, and being very deliberate with every time she takes a sip from her drink. Um, and she has uh, prepared for you all uh, the uh, money that was uh, promised to uh, each of you. Uh, so uh, Clark, Ace, Lucius, and uh, Kilcannon all receive uh, 100 gold pieces. And uh, Salmagundi and Zenta as the original uh, contractees uh, for this job. Uh, each of you actually received 200 gold pieces. So um, dang. She says, uh, thank you all so much for everything that you've done. Um, if you ever need work, come find me. I don't. I can't promise that everything will be as interesting as this last job, but I'm always willing to try to find something for you. Please. Uh, yeah. Right, continue on. I'll, I'll ask you after you're done talking. Huh? She looks. She goes. Well, now I'm curious. Um, the Clinch Jaws ship that you have that you're probably gonna sell. Would you, by chance, leave it docked here for us if we ever need it in the future? I think so, but. You may want to come with me. I actually have a little bit of a surprise in mind. Ah, okay, let's go. <laughs> um, and so with that, she leads you all um, out of uh, out of Dockers and into uh, the Yarmouth city proper. Um, as she makes her way through the city, um, everybody go ahead and give me an insight check. Insight. Mm, okay. 23. 22. 22. 22. I guess we need to 22. 22. 22. 22. <laughs> 19. 19. Kill Cannon? 17. 17. Zenta? 8. 8. Okay. 
17. 17, perfect. Um, so Zinda, you're still a little groggy. Um, you all started walking away before you like fully had your morning mead or coffee or whatever your morning beverage of choice is. Um, Juice. So you're still you're still in the process of uh, of waking up a bit. So you're just kind of like groggily following along um, behind everybody. Um, but as you all continue to make your way through the city, you realize that uh, Elise is actually taking you all to the Red Jill's hideout. Um, and uh, as uh, you see some of the little girls outside uh, kind of like see Liege and they go and like run and knock up on the door and uh, Euphemia and uh, Jariah actually uh, come out and you can see uh, um, tons of the, the girls kind of like surrounded back behind them and they're kind of like just been like okay yes thank you thank you girls go back inside thanks um, and uh, Elige, uh says um, actually uh, you may want to uh, bring them all with you. Um, I have something for you both. And um, she takes them around through the alleyway um, back to uh, the other side where they are on the docks. Um, and she uh, points up to the clenched jaws vessel. Uh, and she says, I think it is high time that you all have uh, something a little bit better. Um, and, uh, she hands over a, uh, a formally, uh, written, uh, contract, um, that is actually, uh, signed with her name and stamped with, uh, the mayor, uh, the mayoral, uh, signet ring. Um, uh, and she says, uh, that vessel is yours, uh, and you are considered a official... <clears throat> Uh, licensee and uh, contractee of Yarmouth here. Um, and uh, you will be uh, paid accordingly uh, for your work. And um, I actually uh, did a, a bit of work and um, there's somebody else that I, I want you all to uh, to come see with me. She makes her way down the dock. At this point, Euphemia and Dariah are just like mind blown. Um, all, all the you hear all the little uh, other red gels are just like, "Are we gonna be pirates? Are we gonna mm -hmm. sail on this? This is so exciting!" Okay, I'm captain. No, I'm captain. And you see Z say, "I'm sorry, I have the cute hat. I'm captain." <laughs> um, as you all make your way down the docks with. Uh, Elise, Dariah, and uh, Euphemia. You actually see uh, at the edge of the docks uh, the three uh, harpies actually uh, helping uh, load up a series of uh, boats with supplies. Uh, and you can see there's one or two that are actually making their way uh, through the waters over to the stone steps uh, that you all led. Um, and uh, uh, Elige uh, walks up and uh, greets the, the three sisters um, and then turns to Dry and Euphemia and says, uh, they came down to make sure that you all made it here okay. And I uh, spent quite a bit of time uh, speaking with them. I would really love to get some sleep soon. But talking with them and uh, 
understanding everything that you all went through and Jiraiya, your bravery in helping take care of everybody else that was there. Um, as a part of this contract and license that you now have with the city of Yarmouth, I would like to help continue the efforts to clean out and rebuild that building at the top of the cliffs. And I would like to offer that to you all as a wayhouse and a orphanage for anybody who comes through the city and needs the same care and protection and support that you have shown to all these girls here. We already have a number of individuals helping take supplies up there so that they can continue to clear it out and rebuild. But this is what I can do to say thank you. And you see Euphemia just blubbering, crying. Jiraiya is just holding on to her. And uh, you see uh, Z actually walk up and kind of like tug at the, the arm sleeve of Euphemia. Um, and she just goes, Euphemia, does this mean that we finally have a home? Euphemia just goes, it does, babe. It does. Um and Jariah walks up to the three uh, Harpy sisters and says, thank you so much, Acosta. Thank you. I hope that we can continue to do you proud and you always have a place at our home. Acosta just kind of like smiles and ruffles her short hair a little bit. She says, I figured as much. Can I cast a series of cantrips with just uh, some fireworks looking stuff above the boat? Just be like, yay, look at us. We have a boat, yay. Oh my God, absolutely. <laughs> Um, you will watch as uh, uh, Kill Cannon proceeds to press to digitation a, a number of small sparking fireworks displays uh, above the boat. Um, and all the Red Jills just look up in happiness and wonder. Um, Some of them look very phallic, by the way. <laughs> oh uh, occasionally you actually see uh, Euphemia put a hand in front of like one of the, the, the younger's eyes. It's like, no, 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 don't look at that one. Don't look at that one. Um, uh, but uh, Elise kind of looks at you all and says, I definitely need some much needed rest. Um, I will see you all later. As she leaves, later. can I say goodbye, Mayor Elise? She just uh, casually waves at you and wiggles her pinky finger a little bit too much <laughs> in the wave, just... Uh, and uh, slowly makes her way to the lighthouse. Uh, away from you all. Uh, and that is where we're going to go ahead and take uh, another quick break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, see you guys in a little bit. Um...
Welcome back, everybody. Um, if you have uh, just recently joined us, um, at the beginning of this episode, the uh, group managed to uh, fell Dr. Herman Carter um, and take him out amidst his laboratory with a uh, series of very ingenious tactics with the group, keeping him distracted uh, so that their very, very heavy hitters could get in and just absolutely decimate him. Uh, after rescuing uh, Baven, uh, uh, Baven, Wilhelmina, and Marius, uh, three other captives, uh, Jariah and the uh, Harpy sisters, uh, helped lead everybody to safety along with the party, uh, reuniting Jariah with the rest of the Red Jills and her wife, Euphemia. Um, the next morning, uh, the group was met with uh, uh, rewards from a liege, as well as led them to uh, help uh, give a surprise to the Red Jills, who were gifted with the Clenched Jaws pirate ship and uh, with the uh, doctor's lair, um, uh, with the city undergoing efforts to uh, rebuild it and uh, reestablish it as a orphanage and a way house uh, for uh, a homeless food. Um, and we are now left uh, with the group having uh, the rest of the day in Yarmouth uh, to themselves and uh, pockets freshly full of what would you all like to do? Is there a monastery nearby I can visit? Um, not in they in Yarmouth. They don't have a uh, like a monastery or a uh, a chapel of any kind. However, um, at various parts in uh, town, they do have a number of. Uh, they do have a number of small uh, altars and um, uh, almost like like private praying uh, uh, sections, uh, like like small little like altar stations uh, set up to um, a few of the different uh, gods of the kingdom of Gatewitch. Um, oh, okay. Uh, so a few of the ones that you're able to see about town, uh, you actually see uh, one of. Uh, the uh, goddess of the sea, uh, colloquially known as the Bitch Queen. Um, uh, it is uh, right at the edge of the docks, um, and folks are said to uh, pay tribute to her um, in attempts to uh, grant them safe passage uh, on the seas so as to not draw her ire. Uh, and you can actually see there is a uh, small uh, tube, uh, like metal tube, that actually leads down the dock into the sea below. And if you kind of like look down into it, you can see a number of uh, small uh, coins that are actually kind of like dropped through the tube down into the waters below. Um, roll me a religion check, Ace. Uh, 17. 17. Um, so it is said that uh, those who are, uh, those who have returned uh, from uh, voyages and uh, from uh, sailing with newfound wealth are said to give a portion of that wealth back to the bitch queen so as to not draw her ire um, and give her proper penance for allowing them safe passage back home. Uh, so this is a practice where uh, those aboard the vessel will take one coin from that which they have earned um, and pay it back to her as tribute. 
Okay, I will totally do that then. Cool. You'll you'll take one of your, yeah. your coins and, and drop mm-hmm. it in. Can I also um, go into my like like little sack on my hip and pull out like like a dried flattened leaf and put that in there as well? Of course, of course, perfect. And you can see folks have done similar things. You can see a few assorted shells, um, some uh, some like dried seaweed. There's uh, like a, a few like small bits of like uh, fish skin that are like hanging up, things like that, uh, where they're kind of like offering tributes to her. Okay. Um, some of the other ones that you see around, um, actually, uh, at the base of the lighthouse, as you all are kind of like walking around and through, uh, you actually see uh, one symbol uh, that is uh, for uh, the god known as the Light of Law. Uh, he is the uh, god pertaining uh, to the sun, as well as um, all semblances of order and uh, law and civilization uh, in the kingdom of Gatewitch. Um, uh, but the sun is primarily his, uh, his purview. Um, and as such, uh, it is said that uh, lighthouses and uh, watchtowers and similar things um, that shine a light into the dark <clears throat> are of his domain. Hey, can I actually go to one of the more traveled areas? Uh, because religion could not <laughs> interest my character in this. Of course. Place. Um, I actually just want to practice my craft and I want to go to one of the more traveled areas and actually bring out my loot and actually sing to random folks who will listen like my first pass at a rough uh, draft of the story that we just uh, had for our adventure. Of course. Uh, so uh, go ahead and roll me a performance check, Kilkenna. Nat 20. As you you start off a bit, you begin kind of like playing along on the lute, finding the tune, uh, finding the the rhythm of the song. And as it gets going, uh, you really settle in uh, to the story of uh, Kilkenan Vrice, Bard Extraordinaire, and uh, his masterful uh, defeat of Dr. Herman Carter, the Mad. Um, and uh, you continue to get a number of folks just kind of like joining in and following along. Um, and soon uh, all the other five of you uh, returning from your, your various walks, um, visiting the, the various small uh, altars and shrines, the gods um, amongst Yarmouth, um, happen upon, uh, you all walk to the, the edge of the marketplace where you can see numbers and numbers of people uh, leaving their stalls to dance in the street. Um, and uh, you uh, hear folks kind of like cheering and clapping along to the rhythm and starting to pick up on the little bits of uh, small repetition of, of lyrics as uh, Kilkenan begins, continues to uh, perform this song. And while there is a slight bit of exaggeration, um, uh, he uh, proceeds to uh, largely pay tribute to uh, the felling and defeat of Dr. Herman Carter, the man. Uh, and uh, for that, Kilcannon, uh, you are uh, tipped through all various amounts of silver and uh, copper. Uh, you are tipped five gold pieces. This has got it. In game job. Yeah. Come on, y'all. She rash, bitch. 
Um, is there anything that anybody wishes to do? Any shopping? Any anything of that sort? Before I go shopping, I would like to examine these coins and ensure that they are legit gold coins, that these are not uh, fake. Of course. Uh, so as you uh, look them through, they actually are all uh, from uh, uh, from the Kingdom of Gatewitch Mint uh, that is found in uh, the main capital city, um, mm-hmm. all properly stamped and sized. Um of course, there is some rough edges to some of them, but they are all uh, properly minted and stamped um, uh, from smelting. Just as I suspected. Um, as you are uh, walking through, you actually, uh, um, as you all are, are at the edge of the docks, you actually watch one of the uh, the dock workers kind of like go to walk by and like stops and, and takes a look at Sal um, and kind of remarks on... Uh, um, on your armor, um, and says, I didn't expect to see, uh, somebody enlisted, uh, this far up north. Oh, what? Thank you for, for noticing such a wonderful, uh, attire that I have here. Um, uh, who are you again? So I, I work on the docks and, uh, we make regular shipments down, uh, to, uh, to the outpost. Uh, where you all are usually stationed. Um, I just, I usually you all don't make it up here um, that often. Yes, well, I, I used to be military. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I am no longer. Um, but my my prior military experience seems to do me well uh, nowadays. Of course, of course. Um, sorry, I, I I didn't mean to pry anything like that. It's just I always want to. Uh, give proper credit to uh, those of uh, the Red Fellowship um, any chance I can. Oh, it is a, it is a pleasure to to uh, uh, have uh, folks like you who, who admire uh, folks like myself. Although, you know, I, I feel like my work is rather minuscule uh, in the, the grand scheme of things. But, you know, uh, the booty calls, um, I, I mean, uh, duty calls, he kind of chuckles a little bit and says, well, thank you so much for everything you've done for the city. Um, may the, the Lady of Strategy be with you. You're uh, very welcome. And he uh, kind of like nods at the rest of you and uh, walks away. I would like to uh, go over to uh, Zenta as we're walking around. And I will. <laughs> hey, how, how you doing? Um, I remember the other day, well, the other day, like two days ago, you had said, um, you you were like doing it, like this is your job, like you just invited us to do this with you, um, and like I think you said, like you just you really needed the money, right? That's accurate. Yes, I do need okay. the money. You can have this then. And I'll give her fifty gold. Oh. Um. I, I don't need it. No, I don't like, need. I, it. I can't take that. Well, I'm not gonna do anything with it. So. You don't know that. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I don't. How about? I, the, the first time I ever, someone ever asked me for one was, 
when I bought that book. That was... How about you hold on to it, just in case? You can hold it for me. Okay. All right. I'll put it into, a, like, a separate bag. And I'll put it at my waist. Oh. Your interactions are my favorite. <laughs> my <laughs> best. <laughs> Drips with adorable awkwardness. I love it. I'm just, just like, for, forcing her into so many social situations. <laughs> it's so good. She can't handle it. Lucia's just there and she's like, I don't want to do with you. <laughs> <laughs> there, uh, is there anything in particular that anybody else wishes to uh, yes. look around for today? I would like to Mark? go see my girl Z before anything happens. Okay. You do manage to find uh, Z and the other Red Jill. They are uh, they're, they're busy kind of like gathering a few things uh, from their hideout itself. There's not much that they actually end up taking with them. It's just like a few crates and some things like that. There are some dishes, like stuff like that. But uh, you see Z kind of like putting on the airs a bit with the hat, just kind of like <laughs> helping uh, give out orders. But like, no, you're packing that wrong. This is how you need to pack that box. And this is how you need to take care of that. Um, and uh, you see, uh, like, as as she's doing that, you just see like Jariah come up and like kind of like tug on her ear. She's like, ow. She's like, yeah, quit bossing around your sisters. Go help. Thank you. Um. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Z kind of like Z kind of catches you walking up and says, "Clark." Hey Z, how's it going? It's going really, really well. Obviously, I'm in charge, and you just see Dariah roll her eyes the hardest she's ever rolled. Them. <laughs> I love that for you, keeping out of trouble. I mean, yeah, we got a home today. I know. Isn't Obviously, great? we wouldn't get a home if I was in trouble. That's true. Um, so remember how I was going to teach you how to use a dagger? Oh my gosh, can't we, can we, can we, please? And I look at Jiraiya and Euphemia and just be like, can I? Euphemia looks aghast and, uh, like, it looks like she's about to say something. And Jiraiya just, like, whips a hand over her mouth. She's like, that's totally fine as long as we can be in view the entire time. Of course. And she looks over at Euphemia and Euphemia just kind of, like, gives her, like, a... Please don't. And Dariah's just like, let it happen. Just let it go. And right. she gives that one look that uh, Euphemia just kind of like, okay. Cool. Give her the flamethrower. No. 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 So I'm going to pull out my two daggers and kind of like hold them in my hands a bit. I'm going to hand her one. I'm going to show her how to properly hold one, you know, away from the body, but downwards so you don't hurt anybody. Um, And then just kind of like show her proper. I don't even know how to hold a dagger. I'm just making that up myself, you know, by the way. (laughs) Um, So so go ahead and give me two different checks. Give me just a a regular intelligence check. So roll a d20 and add your intelligence modifier. Uh, Intelligence. Oh, it's at the top. Um, 16. 16, okay. Um, even though you have likely never taught a, like, pre-teenaged girl how to wield a dagger before, um, you're pretty confident and kind of, like, repeating some of the lessons that, like, you've been taught yourself. Um, and you start to, like, really find the groove as you go. Um, and the other one I want you to make is go ahead and give me just a general dexterity check. 
Rolling a d20 and adding your dexterity modifier. Plus. Ooh. One, 16. 16, perfect. Uh, and again, you're easily able to uh, like teach her some, some handling tricks and things like that. And uh, by the end of it, she's pretty easily able to kind of like successfully like wield a dagger and uh, do so safely and uh, not hold it in ways that would be like injurious to herself or others unless she intends to. And you like kind of like start walking her through some uh, very easy like jabs or like slashes used in like self-defense to like protect herself more than like attack somebody. Cool, cool, cool. And with that, Z, I leave you with a lesson like I promised. Just make sure you stay safe and I'll be sure to come by and visit again. Are you are you leaving the dagger with her or are you? No, I'm taking it back. Your back? <laughs> I would just check in. Baby. She got the hat, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, Z just kind of uh, thanks you so much. And she goes up to uh, Dragon Family. She's like, did you see me? Did you see me? I was so good. I was so I'm a natural. I was on it. I knew it. I could do it. <laughs> Can we get me one, please? Can we get one, please? And Dwight Actually, just goes, okay. Before that, can I like walk up to them and like, I have three daggers on me. Can I give Euphemia and Jiraiya the silver dagger for when she turns like 16 or something? Like later yeah. on? I'll do that. I was like, here's a little gift. Colors from me. Um, but when she's old enough to use it. Uh, he, Jiraiya just kind of looks and goes, we. Don't worry about right. it. She just kind of stops, smiles, nods, folds it up in a, a piece of cloth and kind of sticks it into her bag. Um, and uh, you see Z kind of like rhyming up like Ash is like putting it in the bag. She's like, what'd you get? What'd you get? And uh, Dariah just looks at her and goes, that's not your business. This is mine. Go help your sisters pack everything <laughs> up. What are you doing? You said that you were the boss. Why aren't you being bossy right now? Right. Uh, and, and Z just kind of goes, <gasps> and she goes and runs back inside and hear like the muffled sounds and be like, hey, we need to go. We need to get this all together. Um, as you kind of like walk away. My job here is done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there uh, anything else anybody wishes to do uh, before uh, heading back to uh, the tavern for the evening? Um, yeah, one thing I would like to do. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, you, did you, I want, well, maybe not, um, you described a few shrines around the town. Mm -hmm. Um, you said that there was the one for the God of law and light. There mm -hmm. was the, uh, bitch queen. What other ones were there when we were just happened to be walking around town? Um, looking through, there is, um, uh, one in, uh, uh, one in the marketplace that is to uh, the coin maiden, uh, the goddess of wealth and trade. And um, the uh, the other one is actually on a, a ruined building not too far from where uh, the Red Jill's hideout was. Um, and as you kind of look it over, you realize that it is a, a far out of commission and uh, long forgotten, um, uh, almost like a like a small uh, like apothecary or a healer's house. 
um, uh, somewhere to uh, look after those uh, who are sick or injured. Um, and there is a small shrine. You actually have to move. Uh, you have to move a, a few like bits of rubble and things aside. It looks like it's almost uh, completely uh, kind of like covered up. Uh, but it is a, a small shrine uh, to He who endures, uh, the god of uh, martyrs and uh, perseverance and uh, endurance through suffering. I uh, will take note of each of them as I come up to them. I'll take a small moment to inspect them all, kind of like like as if I've never seen these shrines before. You know what I mean? I'm just kind of like checking them out, like picking up some of the offerings that are around them, like checking um, putting one down, seeing that there's a lot of gold pieces, taking some, like taking a gold piece each, and like like as if it's just the thing to do, um, mm -hmm. and putting it down on each of them, and then just like really taking them in the visuals, the, um, like like a real like, hmm, yeah, it's like I, but it truly has no idea what he's doing, um, and when I get to the apothecary uh, one, uh, he who endures, um, I'm going to actually clean it up. Um, okay. I'm gonna, as I clean up, I'm gonna move some of the debris out of the way. Any like shrub shrubberies or like bushes, or overgrown things, I'll kind of like druid craft, um, like a little bit of an archway over like whatever semblance of a shrine there may be. Um, kind of like line some stones up and then put a single gold because I assume it's probably the only one um, at the altar. And um, and then I'll uh, I'll do a little prayer uh, wordlessly, um, and then I'll leave to Perfect. meet up with everyone again. Perfect. Um, as you all are uh, finishing up your, your day's activities um, and uh, turning back into uh, uh, Dockers for the evening, uh, Elise is actually uh, there um, waiting for you all um, and uh, comes up with a, uh, a letter um, it was actually uh, delivered, and it looks like it is uh, addressed uh, to uh, Zenta. Um, uh, she says, uh, "I uh, I spoke with the individuals who uh, who had uh, helped hire you out to me um, uh, from uh, back in the capital, uh, and um, they actually uh, had a, a task for you." Um, before you actually uh, make your way back. Um, it seems like there is uh, some of the supply lines um, from uh, the, the mining city uh, to the west of us um, that uh, seem to be uh, impacted uh, for some reason, um, and they're having trouble uh, maintaining their, uh, their supply lines and their, their quotas. Um, and they requested if uh, you could... Um, uh, actually put your skills to use on your way back into the capital uh, to check things out. And I figured I would wait till you all were here, um, given that you all were so effective last time, um, uh, to see if that'd be something that you could do on your way back. I'm guessing that the contents of the letter kind of outlines the specific tasks that they're asking for? Yes. Um, and you and you pull it up, and it kind of gives you um, uh, like a few different things. It gives you a point of reference uh, for uh, the mining city. Uh, 
the person to reach out to regarding specific details, um, that they have been uh, uh, late on uh, shipments now uh, three times um, and uh, uh, have yet to be able to uh, reestablish proper uh, contact and connection uh, with the main, um, the main shipping orders uh, coming into and out of the city. Um, and so they, they need somebody to uh, stop in and investigate and uh, figure out whether these are uh, uh, folks taking advantage of things or if this is uh, some type of kind of like embezzling scheme, taking the money that they would get and not delivering the product that they should be delivering, so on and so forth. Uh, Zinta will go ahead and take the letter, um, but clearly look a little crestfallen, like she was expecting the letter to come from someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but she'll she'll kind of pocket it with the intention of like looking over it in more detail later. Um, they kind of remember that everybody else is in the room, and she's just going to kind of <laughs> look at everyone slowly and just be like, "Well, are you coming along then?" Can we, Zinta? You can do whatever you like. Zenta, are you asking us to come with you? That's going to make her feel Zenta, very do you like us? <laughs> I just feel like Clark is looking at her and probably moving towards her and she's just... I am. I'm getting a little closer. A little Zenta, all you have to do is just uh, one simple uh, you, yes you, or no. You watch as Elise just steps in between Clark and Zenta and turns <laughs> to you, Zenta, um, and kind of gives you like a little bit of like a wry smile and she says, anyways... Feel free to discuss things. Um, Sentai, I understand that you rode into uh, uh, rode into town uh, with an excursion already on the way here. Um, I've already spoken to um, I've already spoken to the stable master um, and uh, asked uh, Narsh to um, provide you either with a few horses or uh, a horse-drawn uh, coach and wagon. Um, uh, to be able to assist with your journey back, um, whichever you all would feel more comfortable with, um, as a, a show of thanks. Um, all that I would ask is that, uh, once it is, uh, finished, uh, Narsh can actually, uh, hand you off the proper paperwork that you would use to turn that back into, um, uh, any of the main cities or outposts, um, from the kingdom. Um, to essentially uh, turn it back into uh, the Stable Masters Guild uh, uh, of any of those uh, outposts that you arrive at. Okay. All right. She kind of nods uh, and she kind of finally steps out from in front of uh, Clark (laughs) from blocking the way. Uh, And she just goes, I... I think I will go ahead and leave things here with you all tonight. Um, again, thank you all so much. I'll leave word with Narsh in the morning. You all can leave at first light. And I really, truly hope I get to see more of you at some point. Uh, yes. Good and, night, um, and as she uh, as she makes her way out and waves heartily at uh, at. Uh, at at Clark wiggling her pinky a little bit too much again. Um, uh, you do actually hear her kind of uh, humming along uh, the uh, ballad that Kilcannon proposed earlier in, uh, in the marketplace. It's kind of like humming along the tune to it to herself uh, as she uh, goes to leave. 
Um, so you all have uh, this last night in uh, Yarmouth before you set out at first light uh, to uh, the mining village to the west. Is there anything else that anybody wishes to do this evening before getting a very much earned rest? Zenta. Zenta is clearly going to start getting around to go to bed. Um, but as she does, she's going to kind of sit on one of the beds, reach down and pull off her slippers. And out of one of the pouches at her waist, she's going to pull out a tiny brush and slowly and carefully clean the slippers as carefully as she can. Perfect. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> just very quietly to herself, kind of just not really humming, but like sort of tunelessly making like, you can tell that she's kind of somewhere else thinking about something else as she's doing it. Um, as you are there kind of like taking care of things, those of you that are around uh, see this and kind of let Zenta take her moment a little bit. Um, you see uh, a couple times uh, James actually kind of like replaces the small little basin of water that you're using with the brush to clean them up a little bit. Um, and he, he leaves a, a small plate of food wordlessly next to you, um, kind of like letting you take your moment. Um, as he uh, in, enjoys just this, this quiet moment of uh, introspection that this very tall, imposing, uh, woman uh, is taking for herself. And I... Was there anything that anybody else wished to do tonight? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you can go, Clark. I mean, it involves you, so you can go first, actually. Oh, okay. Um, real quick. Um, it's okay if I, like, leave and come back. Not not, not in real life. Like, in, <laughs> I can leave the bar and then come back and do, like, but I'll be like... Yeah. Oh. So, okay, um, I'm gonna start walking towards our like private booth mm -hmm. um but then i kind of like pause in one of my steps and i and i look down at the at the gem around my neck and i like grasp it and then i'll be like i'll be back in a little while and i like leave through the front door of the tavern and can i i'm gonna take flight and i'm gonna try and spot the oldest tree in the nearest vicinity Perfect. and like no, ma no matter what's surrounding it um and then I'm gonna can I go can I like go to the tree? Is that right? <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead and okay. uh, give me a, a quick perception check okay. um, to see kind of like how how long it takes you to kind of like hunt it down. Uh, Twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah, easily. Um, you kind of like fly up top, and as you look around a bit, uh, you have to kind of like head outside of like the main uh, uh, city limits. Um, and you head out and you actually uh, hop up on top of uh, the lighthouse, easily the tallest uh, uh, structure in the city to kind of like look around a bit. And you see um, far up top on a hill past the lighthouse, um, this incredibly large uh, and incredibly old uh, tree, large roots kind of like pouring down into the earth around it. Okay, uh, can I go to the tree? I'm gonna like slowly walk up to it and I'm gonna take off the gem around my neck. I'm gonna wrap the chain around my hand so the gem's like in the center of my palm. I'm gonna walk up to it and put my hand on the tree and close my eyes and stand there for a bit and kind of like drag my hand down. And then I'll take a few steps back, um, like 
hold the gem in my hand and then I'll kneel like I did earlier on and then I'll, I'll, I'll like meditate for a few minutes like I did earlier. And then once I'm done that, I'll like calmly get up and return back to, to Dockers. Uh, as you are uh, kneeling in front of the tree um, and kind of just meditating and thinking on it, um, you feel the stone around your neck slightly warm at the touch. Um, and uh, despite the, the very brininess of the sea air around you, uh, you feel the surrounding uh, wind that's just barely blowing by almost get a little bit warmer and almost a little bit hot. Um, and uh, eventually it kind of subsides a little bit, goes back to the standard briny, wet sea air uh, around right. you. Okay. Well, when I notice that, I'll like I'll like nod and then I'll put it back on and then I'll, and then I'll fly back. Perfect. Then when you see Ace come back in, I'll be like, mm -hmm. "How'd it go?" All as well. Nice. So I do know that we came here together, and. We were not really having any plans of where to go after this, but I know there's things that we haven't told anybody else. But are you willing to go with me to Zenta? I've got nowhere else to go, and you, we will seem nice enough. Yeah, plus I kind of want to see the rest of whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I just wanted to your viewpoint on that yeah i'm more than happy to stay with you you seem you seem trustworthy considering the people that i've encountered in my past um it's it's surprising and, and nice to encounter this many trustworthy people at once let alone yeah um separately i mean it's better than being on an island and not seeing i've never even seen all of this so i'm excited to see what else I mean, there is out there it's gonna be dangerous or it might not who knows but i say we go plus i mean zenta's pretty badass and like agreed it's safer right mm -hmm. okay cool glad you agree and then yeah i'm gonna end there and uh we're just gonna hang out at the table. yeah Kilcannon uh, and Lucius, or I would like to go up to Kilcannon. Um, I would—that's <laughs> what I would like to do. Unless you have something else that you would like. We're saying I—I have something that is has to do with you. So if you had. Oh no! You feel free to. Yeah, we can. We can have yeah. dialogue. So I—I um—I'm gonna walk up to you wherever you are. I assume that you're probably playing something or drinking something or uh, hitting on something, and I am going to, um, kind of like walk up and like. It, it, after we have finished it, you'll kind of see this is the first time since the initial meeting in Dockers that Lucius has kind of like put up his hood again. Um, you can't really see a lot of his hair anymore, but just kind of like the eyes behind his bangs. And he'll kind of like like a familiar look, as like you guys did when you walked in. Um, and he'll kind of like walk up to you and like in a lull in whatever conversation or song you may be playing, um, he'll kind of be like, So, so like, did you also want to? I don't know if you had any plans, like, like, were you gonna, you know, go with 
sent it to. You seem like you really liked her, right? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I think that, you know, as as the next world-famous bard to take the world by storm, I have to follow where stories will be told. So, you know, mm-hmm. anyone who's willing to sit in the middle of a bar and clean their bunny slippers <laughs> whilst also able to swing a giant axe, it, it's it's a gold mine for something or another. I'm not sure what yet, but it's gonna it's gonna happen. Yeah, it, she, she doesn't say a lot, but um, she, there's something something there that like, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I think that you know, I don't think you talk to her enough. I think you really should talk to her some more. Um, <laughs> I'm trying. I think that if you really try to pull out of her more. Um, and, and just if he, if she seems resistant, just keep digging. Yeah, and, yeah. And just really That's lean in on it, um, because yeah. you know I think that it's it, it just it's, she's just she's asking for it with her eyes. I can see it in her eyes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a good. I've I've kind of had a little bit of hands off. You know what I mean? I didn't, you know, like you could smother something if you get too close. I I've kind of. You're right. I should no, smother, smother. I should. Okay. All right, I'll figure, that's good. So we are gonna go with her. I I hope you might. I'm probably gonna come too. But you know, if if I can watch the two of you interact, then I am gonna be a happy camper. Okay. All right. Okay. Cool. I just wanted to make sure. All right. Okay. And I'll like I'll kind of like like keep nodding myself and like you can tell I'm like kind of like thinking about it and then like slowly find like myself like I'll wander away. I'll end up going going probably up to the room going to sleep. <laughs> Meanwhile, I resume my heavy drinking and trying to hit on anything and everything that will talk to me in the bar. Absolutely, you um, you do get a, a very uh, sad look um, from one very neglected coat rack uh, <laughs> as you hit on others in the bar. Uh, uh, but uh, given your recent heroic um, escapades. Uh, you are easily able to have your pick of the evening, uh, be it one individual or many. Can I take the coat rack, please? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, uh, it was a good time the first. I time wish you there. said. I wish you said you have your pick of the coat racks. <laughs> I was like. After uh, some very confused looks from a number of very attractive individuals as uh, you have been flirting your way through the bar as you wrap your arm around a coat rack and head off to bed. Anything from anybody else for the evening? I'm going to head off to the roof again. (laughs) Who was the bottom? <laughs> Between uh, Kim the Correct, the world may never know. Mm. That that particular song has not been written yet. Mm. Ooh, nice uh, anything else for anybody? I- I'd like to dip into the waters and uh, just uh, take a load off, reconnect. Yes. Um, you. Uh, you head uh, out into uh, kind of like lower yourself uh, down into the water from the dock. Um, it's very, very late at night. Um, you actually uh, hear like the, the faint bits of folks still, uh, folks still kind of like playing music from the bar. Uh, 
But as uh, everyone from the bar who is not staying there is starting to kind of like wind down and start to head out, uh, you actually see um, James uh, kind of uh, like peeking up from the water as you are kind of like swimming around. You, oh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I kind of come out here to clear my head a bit after work. Mm, me too. Coincidence. <laughs> I think, yes. Uh, where are you from, if you don't mind me asking? I think it's pretty clear that I'm not necessarily from around here, and he kind of, like, holds up a, a frog-like hand and kind of, like, gives a little bit of a wave. <laughs> Funny you should say, uh, I'm not from here either, you know. I, uh, I, I, I tend to feel like an outcast at times, you know. I'm a rather half-breed Genasi. My father uh, being a, a water Genasi himself and my mother being human, um, I, I tend to not fit in around places, so I, uh, yeah. Well, if you ask me, and he uh, kind of... Uh dives down into the water and uh you can you can watch now with the the moonlight shining down in um you can kind of see underwater a little bit he dives all the he dives down to the actual like water bed itself and uh you see his frog legs just leap and he shoots himself through the water and up into the air um and then kind of like splashes down in front of you and he kind of like looks up he goes I feel like normal's pretty overrated for us outcasts. Hmm. I, I, I dig where you're coming from. That actually uh, feels rather empowering. Thank you. Yeah. Kind of picks himself up onto the dock um, and kind of uh, grabs his uh, leather uh, apron and kind of like puts it back on and ties it off. Um, uh, and says, I'll have, uh, I'll have some food and drink waiting for you inside when you're ready to turn in. <gasps> Enjoy the swim. Thank you so much. I uh, kind of uh, just chuckles a bit, um, and you hear like a little bit of like a frog croak, uh, and he turns and, and heads back into the bar. Uh, and whenever you are done with your uh, late night moonlit swim, uh, you come in to find um, again more of that uh, almost like an attempt at like a mango barbecue uh, type sauce covering. Um, and a very assortment of meats and uh, a big old mug of ale to kind of turn yourself in for the night. And you all get one day of rest for a day that didn't have anything to do with bandits or monsters or kidnappings and was just a genuinely good day. Yeah. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where we are going to leave tonight's episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Daddies and Divas, Heroes of Gatewitch. Uh, again, if you uh, have just joined us in the last recent hour, we are a all LGBTQIA plus uh, live stream of Dungeons and Dragons using the fifth edition. Uh, we all thank you so, so much for uh, coming and joining us tonight. This has been an absolute blast. And uh, next week, we will be hopping into the next leg of our journey. Uh, and seeing where that takes us. <clears throat> yeah, so... Can I wait? Turn <laughs> it all off. We're going to go to each person, shout out your channel, anything you want. 
Um, we're gonna start with Ace. Hello. Um, <coughs> uh, I'm Ben. Um, Eggs Benedict. You can find me on Twitch at um, Eggs Benedict underscore. You can see it down there. Um, pointed correctly this time. Um, <laughs> similar names on everything else. Um, I am a variety streamer, um, but I consistently stream every Friday with uh, my best pal, Curry Pillel, here on my left. He's not on my left. He's on my left in Discord. I did that last week. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> uh, but um, I recently started streaming like more often uh, by myself as well. So keep yes. for that. I'm done. Okay, Fane. Oh. Hi, uh, I'm Dan or Fenris7. Um, I will stream usually weekends. Um, I do a lot of story games uh, lately, but I like some competitive games as well. Right now, playing through Neo 2, um, so I'm suffering through the um, many, many deaths uh, that are going on right now in that <laughs> thing. Um, but it's it's so much fun. Um, but yeah, I like to have a good time playing story-based driven games. I like to talk to a lot of people during chat. And right now, we're raising money for Color of Change. So feel free, stop by, join in the shenanigans, uh, drag me for all the dying and the uh, lack of ability I have to spell. So that's that. <laughs> oh my god. Mr. Kill Cannon. Hey guys, sorry I'm a little low energy today. I'm feeling pretty much under the weather. Um, but thank you for 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 being here regardless. Um, I tend to stream either uh, Hearthstone, Overwatch, or Dead by Daylight most of the time. Um, but yeah, yeah, you can catch me pretty much every day, Wednesday through Sunday, streaming uh, from 4.30 Pacific Standard till around 9 every day. So yeah, I hope you guys can all stop by and say hi sometime. Zane, I almost called you Zenta. Oh, you are Zenta. So. Zane, Zenta. Zane. <laughs> um, I am not any more prepared for this than I was the last time. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> um, my name is Lane. Um, I've actually only been streaming on Twitch um, recently, just a, a couple of weeks. But um, I would say I'm primarily a variety streamer. There really isn't any specific games that I play, um, although right now, Curry has talked me into playing uh, like a horror, I don't even know, mystery, psychological thriller kind of thing called Moons of Shadows. Moons uh, of Madness. Moons of Madness Shadows! Why, Curry? That's twice. <laughs> Madness. It should be easy. It's two Um. It's me. It's me mentally blocking it because I'm trying not to think about the fact that I have to play it. Um, but yes, we're, we're currently playing that. Super fun. Also absolutely terrifying. And I scream like a little girl every five seconds. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, you guys should definitely come check it out if you like to watch people be absolutely terrified out of their minds. If not, that's okay. Sweet. Yes. Mag, you're up next. Mag! <laughs> How's everybody doing tonight? It's your homeboy, Mag, the New York Puerto Rican. You can see the the the, the, the little uh, things down below that you can uh, follow and, and all that madness right there. Uh, just, you know, a hot mess uh, of a streamer here. Active duty U.S. Army soldier. Uh, so that is my primary job, streaming being a, a rather a hobby of mine. But I appreciate everybody... Uh, coming around and checking out the content nonetheless uh, if you want to be a, a hot let hot mess like me you know where to find me so variety streamer uh 
primarily games between Dead by Daylight and Overwatch. However, I'm trying to dip into the cool waters of other things, but uh, slowly but surely we will get there. Uh, so yeah, thank you for everybody being here and supporting and following and all that hotnessness. Wes, you're up next. Hi, everybody. I am your uh, friendly neighborhood dungeon master, Wes. Uh, you uh, cannot find me streaming because I only stream through this at this exact point in time, but uh, lots of folks have been asking me about it, so who knows that may change. Uh, you can uh, find me on Twitter or many different discords or everybody that you see here's channels because I'm in everybody's um, at some uh, point or another uh, saying hi to everybody in the community. Um, it is a huge, huge passion of mine to uh, be able to support uh, LGBTQIA plus uh, content in Dungeons and Dragons and in uh, tabletop role playing games in general. Um, if you are ever interested in learning how to play, uh, if you have not learned before, uh, as you can see, we have many people here who have never played before uh, and are playing for the very first time in this campaign. Um, and I love, love, love teaching new people because in my mind, Dungeons and Dragons can and should be for everybody. Uh, so if you have any questions or concerns about doing so, always feel free to reach out and I'd be more than happy to help teach you this absolutely fantastic game. Thank you all so much. <laughs> That's it. Okay, bye everyone. Just kidding. It's me. <laughs> Do yourself, ho. Hey guys, I'm Curry Kalel. You're already here. Welcome. You can, you know, my channel. Um, I just want to say thank you to Lane for doing all the artwork that you've seen on the overlays. Thank you to Ben for doing all the assets, the logo, also artwork on the overlays as well. Let me build it. Um, I want to thank Kill and um, Lu I said Lucius Fane and Mag for being here and taking part in this and on this great journey and thank you Wes for creating the world that we're in and yeah I'm just really excited I'm glad that everyone's receiving it well and I'm happy everyone's happy with it and I can't wait to see where we don't have a team name yet but whatever our group goes I'm excited to see where we're gonna end up so, anyways that's all oh, wait, bring us back to the to, oh, the, to the group cam real quick I did wait Okay, um, thank you to Curry Kalel for spearheading this entire project. <laughs> yeah. This, been this would not be happening, Curry. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like, it would not be happening at all. So much we so love good. you, Miss Hannigan. Oh my god. It never, never gets old. It never, never. gets old. <laughs> Anyways, um, we will see you all next week, Monday, same time, same place. Everyone say bye. Everyone. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. If we're going to be calling the. Yeah.